For in-depth analysis, there's ESPN. For a couple of guys giving you reactions, rumors, and straight-up opinions, this is the place. Corner Pub Sports. Check out the website, cornerpubsports.com. Follow them on Twitter at Corner Pub Sports and find them on Facebook. Now, grab a cold one, sit back, and enjoy the show. Welcome to the pub. How you doing? This is Leonard Weaver, and you're listening to Corner Pub Sports, baby. It's true. Yeah, where's she at? Dude. <laughs> Corner Dave. Pub Sports. Brought to you by Wildfire Radio. <laughs> up everybody on stuff in his fat face <laughs> great food now i'm too eating too busy quarter pub sports is back after a week a week off a week hiatus got us recharged and refreshed and ready to go that's right and uh we Hi. are at naked brewing company hey. here in huntington valley Great place. We love coming here. It's our second second live broadcast here, for, I believe. Third. Uh, third, that's right. Yeah, third. Technically, that's right, yes. And uh, yeah, it's always a great time here. And uh, I, I, still, I mean, I think I've been through the entire list of beers, and I haven't had a bad one yet. Yep. No, no. I got all kinds of stuff. The Pink Bunny, there's a jalapeno in these that uh, we just heard great reviews on. And then there's a gentleman. The double IPA. The double IPA, yep. No, 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 not a double IPA. It's an Imperial Stout. Imperial, okay, right. It is our second anniversary. Ah! How about it? Hey, guys. Thank you. We just got engaged, too. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Wait, what? 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 Come on, man, I got long arms. Welcome, everybody. Thanks for hanging out. We got a packed house here tonight. Friday night, hanging out, drinking some good beers. Thanks, everybody, for showing up. Listen to us uh, gulp Cheers. down some beers and talk shit about sports. So we don't thank know you guys for you coming guys out. Do, but thank you guys, tried. everybody. Man. Cheers. Some faces, faces we weren't expecting to see. In yeah, yeah. slash yeah. it. all get drunk and play ping pong. Dude, they got a foosball table foosball. over there now. Let's all get drunk and play foosball. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Is there any other way to play? Nope. <laughs> Still like human foosball. We're actually talking about that work. We got yeah. a baseball table work. What, human, human foosball? Human foosball. Yeah, you yeah. should do human foosball. Everybody's tied up to ropes and they gotta run, like, run in unison. <laughs> I didn't hear the first part of this. No! <laughs> you can do midget foosball. That's fantastic! Uh, Alright. All the peeps are walking in. in. Steve, TJ, Rob. What's up, man? What's up? Oh. There we go. Long Going time you see, five. guys. What's up, man? <laughs> Thanks for coming out. Thanks for coming we, out. Uh, we love this place, man. We love coming here. And we got we to gotta mention the food. Yeah, yeah I was just going to say the food's outstanding, too. I mean, it's a little bit different every day. They got a food truck that comes by. 
but it's all different foods. Today, right. well, yeah, today's in Dale Latino Grill. The food was incredible. Like this little chicken rice and uh, oh yeah, they got like, the burrito concoct. bowls and empanadas. Yeah. And, oh, it's phenomenal. Yeah, so um, yeah, it's like spiced chicken. It's uh, Georgia Lake spiced chicken. Spice chicken. Web address is www.andalelatinogrill.com. Check them out. Grab some food. I've never had uh, Latino food before. You still haven't, yeah. have you? No, yeah, I haven't. <laughs> I didn't eat. I am eating liquid dinner tonight. No, I'm just kidding. Now, I had some Chick-fil-A earlier. I'm going to grab something later. All right. We got a couple contributors in the house. We got a couple special guests come up tonight. Yep. Yeah, we got we got a, uh, uh, you know, being. I mean, it, it's it's, it's what our honest, anniversary it, show's all about. Exactly. It's, it's about, it's about everybody on. else and right. thanking everybody else and giving them the chance to get on the air and you exactly know, come hang out, eat some fucking food, drink some fucking beer, drink some fucking beer. What did you say? A bucket of beer? Is that what you said? I said drink some fucking beer. Oh, fucking beer. I yeah. thought you said a bucket of beer. Although, let's be honest. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm in for that, too. Might be. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. So, the last time we were here, uh, all together, all, all of us were here, right. was uh, last summer, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, we had Brian on, and um, uh, Brian's not here tonight, but Brian's it was, like... Uh, it was training camp. That's right. Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. because, what do you call it? One of the people that have followed us for a while was really banking on Ruben Randall being a game changer for the Eagles. Uh, that's right. Where you at, TJ? <laughs> Not pointing any fingers. <laughs> have, have Ruben Randall work out. Have Ruben Randall work out. Yeah, Yeah, that's right. That was that, was that show. He was yeah. going to be a game changer. <laughs> I forgot about that. That was, that was, a secret that was here, yeah. Ruben Randall's going to be great. He was cut the next week. <laughs> I, hope, I hope you're right. And he was cut. He, he was cut like it been. It, it was within that it. night. <laughs> I think you're right. Uh, that's awesome. He was cut the same night. So anybody that wants uh, football advice from TJ, just don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> but um, let's be honest. Especially Naked Brewing Beer. Yes. Naked Brewing Beer. I, again, I haven't had one beer here yet that I sound like Dr. Seuss right there. One beer here um, <laughs> that I haven't liked. It's excellent. Excellent stuff. Yep. Yeah, definitely check it out. It's a great place. They gotta, they've upgraded a little bit. Now the... Um, yeah, I haven't even taken a look actually in the brewery room yet. But yeah, it does look like they got a lot of new equipment installed back there. Yep. Since the and last time got, we were here. And now they got the foosball table. They got Cards Against Humanity, which is always fun. They did, yep. They're just missing the human foosball table. Yes. Hey, do you guys know, um, while we're talking about beer and, and alcohol, what the difference between Jack Daniels and Amy Winehouse is? You add a little Coke, Jack Daniels comes to life. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, Shows Ryan Daniels. <laughs> <laughs> Don't encourage him. <laughs> Hey, what was the uh, right next? See, this is what happens. What was See, the... Now he's got to double down. It's all your fault, Ryan. What was the right next uh, famous last words? Hold my beer. See? See? And there's no laughter. Always double down. You always lose. Just going to let the silence kick in. <laughs> Post-joke crickets. <laughs> 
Sean, Sean, cut it. You, you got it. Like, just, just walk away from the table. No, I, no, fuck that. Double down. Let double it ride. Down. Oh. I always double down. Yeah, like, you know, double tens. You're like, yeah, bet on both. A three comes out. Two comes out. 21 on the dealer. You're like, ah. Hit me. Hit me. <laughs> hit me. Hit, hit me. 21 or 20. Hit me again. 21. Hit me. Again. Well, sir, I suggest you stay. <laughs> Everyone at the table's like, <laughs> that's what it was like when I was about to tell that second joke. Everyone at the bar is like, just stop. 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 You're ahead. Well, speaking of dead. Yeah, speaking of dead. It's a shame, guys. <laughs> Chuck Berry. Chuck Berry passed. Yeah. Uh, you know, if it wasn't for Chuck Berry, you, you might not have the Rolling Stones. And we might not have Back to the Future. You probably would. More importantly. Uh, I don't know. i got to get the Nine the Rolling Stones on that one. Uh, I, I value Back to the Future more than I value the Rolling Stones. Uh, <laughs> all right, then. Yeah, I mean, Keith Richards. No, you too. It's neck and neck, though. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Chuck Berry uh, passed away in natural causes, I believe. But uh, he was like 88 or something, wasn't he? 82. 82. Yeah, right. Uh, uh, pioneer, man. Pioneer of, of rock and roll. Pioneer. Yeah, yeah absolute, absolute legend. Rock and roll legend. There, there's so many songs that he wrote that you don't, you didn't know that he did. You're like, oh my god, it was Chuck Berry too? I didn't know right. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, just amazing, amazing guitarist. Um, basically, I mean, when you. When you think back to that, not even that era, even now, a lot of blues artists, uh, you know, I'm sure Johnny Lang, guys like that, they have to go back to Chuck Berry to go, you know, he was he was one of our influences. Yeah, I mean, you can even hear some of the influences, like, they, like the Beatles. Yeah. The Beatles, Beatles like, started like, with this type of bebop. I believe the Beatles covered, if I'm not mistaken, Beatles covered like six Chuck Berry songs. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's... Talk about paying homage to somebody, right? Right. And it's not like they were 50 years later. I mean, they were right there. They were in the same era, and they're covering someone from their same era. Well, I mean, maybe 10, 20 years. Although, who else is going to cover Ellis Fitzgerald by that point? But still, I mean, you know, yeah. they, they still played homage to Chuck Berry. They paid respect to him, and much deserved. The guy was phenomenal. Great guitarist, man. Yeah. Um, what's your favorite Chuck Berry song? I don't know. I, I, I guess I gotta go with uh, Johnny. Good, but, I mean, I can't Johnny round them all. I can't round them all in my head. I know that there's. If I knew the question was gonna come up, I would have done a I just, more I just, it was just the top of my head. I didn't mean to put you on the spot. It's not like we're on the radio or anything where questions right. don't come up. <laughs> so what about you? What's yours? Same. Alright, for the audience, what does everybody think? Favorite? Come on, John. Favorite Chuck Berry song. This one? See? Everybody's trying to be good. Yeah. <laughs> Name another one right now. <laughs> Somebody come up with something. I'll get one. Hold on. Yeah, yeah, right? That is my second favorite. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, this one. <laughs> this one was my favorite. My Dude, actually, my, my Dingling is a great song. <laughs> that is a great song. Um, actually, he was 90. I'm sorry. It was an See? 82. I was closer. I said 88. Well, in that case, we gotta we gotta play it, right? This is this is my dingling. Although it's ten minutes long, uh, you know. No, skip it, dude. 
There we go. Here's a shorter version. Run, run, Rudolph. Run, run, Rudolph. Yeah, that's a good one. It's he Christmas did do Run, Run, Rudolph. Yes, he did. Good call. Good call by Matt. You'll hear Matt's voice later on. You know who did a great cut? Here's uh, Ronnie Wood playing guitar in this song, too. Ronnie Wood, of course, of the Rolling Stones. Um, George Thorogood did a great cover of this song. You know this? Of, oh, yeah. my, of my dingling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a long intro. That's all right. We don't have time. Uh, well, you know what? We could play because we had another death that Mike wants to get to. Um, Chuck Barris. Yeah, Chuck died. Barris passed away. So anybody with the, the, the initial CB, fucking duck and cover. Anybody with a Chucky and a... Uh, Somebody should check on Chuck D. Did we should check on Chuck D. It's the next one in the progression. Yeah. Alphabetical order. No, so yeah, man. So you had a you had a you had a story you wanted to bring up about that. Yeah, no, I can't take credit for this. I was listening to. Uh, I'll give the credit to Preston and Steve. They, uh, when they interviewed him last uh, a couple days ago. Well, they, they interviewed him a while ago, obviously, but a couple days ago, right after he passed away, they re-aired it. So what happened was um, the um, the Gong Show, who you know he introduced. They had a um, every. They had these, these this group of censors that came out and they just cut an act from every show that they did. Right. And so basically there was stuff that that Chuck Barris wanted on the show. So he's like, screw it. What we're going to do is we're going to put some outlandish shit on that's definitely going to be cut so we get our stuff on. One of the outlandish things that they did was, um, was two girls that went on stage. The girl up. And ate a popsicle. Yes. I, so, you know, I, I didn't know this one now. <laughs> so the, the censors let this through, right? And here come the girls. They Mike's, come, Mike's dad, cover your ears. You don't want to hear your son talk like this. Here come the girls. They come skipping out, right, hand in hand. And then they just sit down and provocatively suck on, suck on this popsicles. popsicle, yeah. right? And then you turn out, then you find out girls are 17. They're teenagers. They're not even of legal yep. age. Way to go, Chuck. Needless to say, he it didn't so make it to the West Coast airing. They cut it after the East Coast airing. <laughs> and now it's a YouTube legend. So I guess in a way, Chuck Barris was like the early version of Sandusky or Bill Cosby. See, he's got to go there. Popsicle Jello. Oh. <laughs> so before we get into something else, though, I just wanted to uh, talk about my drive home on Wednesday, right? Right. So I drive home. I take the turnpike home every day. The drive sucks. It's just it's not, awful. It's a boring ride. It's a boring ride. You're stuck in traffic, right? I'm coming from King of Prussia, trying to get back to Ben Salem. The Mid County tolls. Getting up there. It sucks, right? One lane, four tractor trailers trying to get to the same easy path. Yes. So, anyway. Fuck the turnpike. So, I get through the Mid-County tolls, and I'm like, all right, cool. Like, I can finally start driving now. But no, I can't start driving. I just continue Walk. to drive slow. Um, and then all of a sudden, um, you know, I'm looking up, trying to find out why the, the traffic clears up. Right? I'm like, what the hell is going on? I don't see any like remnants of a car accident. I don't see any cars parked anywhere. I'm like, why are we slowing down? 
right? Oh, thanks. Then I look on the side of the road, and on the shoulder is a duck <laughs> walking down the street, waddling down the street, right? This thing looks so strung out. It's been walking for miles. It's strung getting yelled out, at. Duck. It's getting yelled at by I've every car that night, drives man. by because it's, it's gone for days. 20 minutes, right? Anybody got some quack? Yeah. Ah. Right? <laughs> you see, that was funny. Yeah. <laughs> I like that one. The thing's, the thing's dirty from the exhaust pipes that just spray out and go onto its fur. The thing looks like it's the like worst day of its life. You know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of Ron waking up from the gutter after St. Paddy's Day weekend on Sunday, still recovering, drunk, walking a couple miles, dirty, can't find his car, doesn't know where he is. It's, it's just miserable. Yeah, it's miserable. All of a sudden, I can relate to the dark. It's yeah. true. It's true. So when I thought about that, I'm like, I remember Ron going through this. I, can't really, I feel sorry for the duck now. I can't be mad about my 20-minute drive. Extra. You don't want to pick the duck up. No. No, because you don't know where I've been. Right. You know the what the redneck up. said to the duck? Possibly. So, we had another death this week. Yeah. Dallas Green, manager of the Phillies, brought the, uh, the first World Series ever to the uh, Philadelphia franchise after nearly 100 years. 97 years it took the Phillies to win a World Series. And Dallas Green was the manager to do it uh, back in 1980 and, and stuck with the – I think he was with the club for 43 total years between playing and managing and scouting and everything. He was working in the front office for a while. Uh, yeah, he passed away. He was 83. I was getting that mix up with Chuck Okay. Here. 83, yeah. Um, you know, nice life. I mean, but, you know, you talk to uh, – It was funny, too. When he won the World Series, players hated him. Oh, yeah. Hated him. Like, absolutely hated his they, guts. You know what? They hated him, but they respected him. Yeah, it was interesting. I think they, they all just united in their mutual dis- complete disgust with him. Like, they hated him to the point where they wanted to piss him off. Do you think there's any difference between the hate slash respect between him and Bill Belichick? Because it's kind of the same situation where I take no shit, you got to earn your spot, and that's it. There's similarities in my opinion, but there's a lot more respect with Green. I mean, you could question the integrity of Belichick all over the place. He, you can't really do that with Green. Yeah, but at the same time, Belichick's won how many Super a Bowls lot. now? Yeah. So, I mean, he's got a little bit you know, well, more okay. cred. Okay, yeah, that's true. And I don't know, have you heard a lot of players talk about I mean, I've heard a few players talk about how they hate Belichick. No, internally, man. Nobody's got any issues at all with him. You've never heard anybody come out of the New England organization and have anything bad to say about the way that they're run. Some of the people that got traded and cut had some bad things to say. I, don't, I can't think of anybody off the top of my head. Can you? The, the one that hit me, though, was, was Larry Boa. If you haven't heard it yet, I mean, Larry Boa is tough as nails, you know, one of the greatest shortstops in Philly's history, breaking down while talking about Dallas Green. I mean, completely losing it. Um, just he had just Now, Larry Boa breaks down a lot. Larry Boa cries a lot in the emotional sense, though. Do you think you do you think you would have cried if you would seen the duck on the side of the turnpike? <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> you should have seen this thing. <laughs> the thing was in bad shape. Um, but you know, Bell would just—I mean—he completely lost it. And he's like, "Look, this guy, you know, pretty much taught me the right way to play the game. Um, you know, tough love is basically how you put it. You know, it was just tough love, and and you know, guys had to earn their spots to a degree. I mean, guys like Steve Carlton, Mike Schmidt, they, you know, Pete Rose." Those guys were starting, 
even if you know what I mean. Like they weren't, they didn't have to earn their spots. But guys like Lazinski did. I mean, they had to earn their spot with Dallas Green. They had to prove that they can, they, that they belong. And um, you know, McBride was on that team, and 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 those guys were kind of battling, and um, you know, that's basically how it was. And, and it's kind of a shame because. There's there's two sides of, of it, you know. You kind of you know some guys like the players manager, and and a lot of fans, and, and I know I'm one of them. That I like the I like the more of the the manager, take you know rules the roost type of deal, you know, where he kind calls the shots. Well, the funny thing is, is that they they talked about this a little bit throughout the week too. You you got two different ways that you could manage, and and both are effective under certain circumstances. Charlie Manuel was the players manager, manager beloved and. You know, his players wanted to run through a wall for him. Right. Um, he didn't run. He didn't run it through the fear and the, the iron fist that Dallas Green did. Both of them were effective. Both of them were beloved in the town, and both of them ended up, uh, you know, bringing the only two championships to the town. Yeah, no, it's true. Very, very true. And so it's yeah, I mean, true. I don't know. I mean, Dallas Green or Charlie Manuel. I don't know which one your favorite is. I mean, for me, it's Charlie because you know I wasn't around. Yeah, same here. I mean, I I, I didn't get to see uh, Dallas Green manage. Although I do have a Dallas Green story, um, I I did meet him a few times, and uh, I met him the last time I met him. I actually, because the first time I didn't really talk to him, I was pretty young. But the the last time I met him was down in Clearwater, and uh, what's up? Yeah. Uh, so I did get to meet him down in Clearwater, and my I was with my grandfather, who's also passed since then. The Phillies hadn't won a World Series yet. <laughs> And uh, my grandfather wanted Charlie out. He was just like, you're gone by the 4th of July. I used to scream at him. And, you, and you're, we're sitting from me to Matt. I mean, me, you know, we're that close. Yeah. You're out at 6. Thank you. We're, you're out of here by the 4th of July yelling at Charlie. He goes, hey, Sean, there's Dallas Green. I said, oh, my God. You know, like, to me, he's a legend because he's the only manager to win a World Series at that point. This is right. probably like 06. And he goes, go over to him and tell him that, your grandfather says he's the greatest manager the Phillies ever had. I said, no problem. I get up. I said, Mr. Green. He stands up. I was like, holy crap. <laughs> like, he was tall and big. Like, he was a big dude. And I was like, oh, my God. I don't know if I want to say this. I'm like, my, 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 my grandfather. And this was last week. My, my, my grandfather <laughs> said. No, and so I, I told him, you know, you're, you're the greatest manager. My grandfather, you know, my grandfather said you're the greatest manager we ever had. And he goes, tell your grandfather he's a smart man. <laughs> that's what he said to me. <laughs> And he shook my hand and took a picture with him, and yeah, and that's uh, awesome. But yeah, that's my only memory of Dallas Green. But you know, yeah. Right before we introduce our our guest, um, fun fact about uh, Dallas Green: Pete Rose's only grand slam that he ever hit was off of Dallas Green. Interesting, interesting. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. So. Well, we'd like to welcome uh, Naked Bruins own Colin. Yep, Colin. Welcome yes. aboard, brother. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Sure, man. Hey, Thanks for coming on, guys. Yeah, absolutely love it here. Great, great place. Great beers. Continuing to build the place up. We see all the new casts. You can tell yeah. us a little bit about some of the upgrades. We were here uh, back in August. Okay. Yeah. So um, you know, we've seen some of the casts and stuff, but we didn't see the the new fermenters yep. or whatever it is yep. that you guys have going yeah, on? Yeah, so uh, before uh, we just got this new upgrade, uh, probably about six months ago it came in, uh, we were a three-barrel system. Um, now we have a seven-barrel brew house, and we have 15-barrel fermenters and bright tanks, so we can double batch and make 15 barrels, which is a six times 
production than we used to. So that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, we're making more beer. Um, we got uh, you know some good stuff going on. Uh, we're up in our sour program. We uh, sours the way like it's. Now, sour is not pers- my personal favorite, but uh-huh. I know that it's 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 really big right now. Yeah, yeah, we like our sours, so um, we're trying to get it going to uh, you know more production in that 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 regard too, uh, so we can have more of it available to actually put out uh, you know uh, you know into bars and restaurants and everything. Right. So um, yeah, you know everything's uh, getting you know a little different. Um, we have our five-year anniversary coming up on April first. Yeah, next wow. week. Yeah. Wow, nice. So the next Saturday, uh, we have Stockyard Food coming. Um, we have a band coming. They're uh, I forget the name of them right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> Ryan, what's the band's name? Is that Firkin? Uh, no, we're actually we're doing two Firkins. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, we're doing. We're doing our, right. I forget if it's, it's either Le Petamon, which is our Saison, or it's Agricanon, which is our Sour Saison, but we're doing that with Passion Fruit. Oh, okay. So, And we're also doing The Gentleman, which is our 10% Imperial Stout, with uh, Neapolitan, so strawberry, chocolate, vanilla. Oh, okay. Yeah, so we'll have those two available, and uh, all of our regular beers. Uh, we have a new cider on tap, uh, Key & Stone Cider. Our own Pat and uh, Seth. Um, Seth, who's in the house, has tried the cider. Yeah, they, yeah. they both said it was. One you guys of the best like it? Thumbs up. Yeah. yeah. I'm not. I'm not a cider guy, but I, I may. I may want to try it. Yeah. Because um, they're both raving about it. It's I don't know where good. Seth is, but yeah. uh, it's made by. He's Keystone probably getting another beer. Um, um, they do also wines and stuff, but uh, okay. So they make it, and uh, we put it on tap here. Sure. Nice. Yeah. So you know, every, a lot of new stuff happening. Uh, we have Great. a nitro tap now. I was just which, gonna ask. So yeah. that, that was perfect because I was gonna say, I ordered a beer, and she's like, "Do you want it not a nitro or non?" And I'm yeah. like, "Well, I know the story of Paul Walker. Somebody say non nitro." <laughs> um, but He's the yeah. only guy to go uh, six gears in two seconds. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> so, uh, so explain, uh, you know, what nitro is. So, uh, it's just a different way of carbonating the beer. Um, like a Guinness, if you ever had a Guinness, you mm-hmm. get those uh, that that head that slowly builds. The that's, waterfall that's because, approach. Yeah, yeah that's because of the nitrogen. Um, so instead of is it fair to call it the blue balls tap, <laughs> where it just builds and builds and then it? Well, <laughs> you could if you want, <laughs> for fun's sake, yes. <laughs> but um, yeah, so uh, it's just a different carbonation style, uh, but it also it it adds different characters to the beer. Uh, it right. gets it makes it more creamier. Um, it changes the whole hop, um, you know, um, taste and. Everything, you know, everything's just a little different, and uh, not a bad way, you know. So uh, this is the second beer that we've done on Nitro. The first one we did was a Gentleman, and that turned out really nice. I have I, I try so, that one. Yeah. Um, you know, we're going we're gonna to try rotating different beers through on the Nitrogen line. Sure. And, uh, you know, we have the Missionary Impossible IPA on right now, and that turned out really nice. It really changes the hop profile of that beer, though. Uh, you can – it's a – a little more aggressive as far as like um, bitterness, uh, which is it's not crazy, but it, you can t- you can definitely tell the difference if you try them side by side, like the regular, you know, carbon dioxide or the cool. nitrogen. Cool. So. Yeah. Now it's uh, the last time last time we were here, we took a tour of the uh, the brewery itself. It was pretty cool, man. You guys were still setting up. 
it looks like you definitely made uh, advancements since then. And yeah, yeah. You know, I'll have to try to run through there real quick before yeah, we yeah. go tonight. But so are yeah, we? Uh, are you guys considering uh, doing any bottling at this point yet? Or I know that there was talks of it in the future. Yeah. Um, we're maybe possibly looking at doing a mobile uh, canning run. So we're looking into that, you know, looking at prices and everything. Um, you know, they have these trucks. You can deliver it to my come, house. They'll, like, come here now. Okay. And, and, like, they'll just bring their whole canning line. So that's something we're looking into. Okay. Um, as far as bottling, bottling we basically do just our sours. Okay. So And we do 22-ounce bomber bottles. Uh, so we do that, you know. When we do the sours, we usually do uh, a couple cases or, or more, you know. Okay. And uh, with our bumping our production on the sours, maybe we'll be doing a little more. So. Okay, cool. Uh, so two other questions that I definitely have is mm-hmm. one is, um, are, are you still? I know you had uh, contracts, or I don't know if you call it contracts, but uh, with um, not the Grey Lodge, but the uh, Stall Salltown Tavern. Salltown Tavern. Right. Yeah, we do our Pink Bunny IPA, which is a grapefruit IPA uh, for the Salltown. That's probably yeah, that's my favorite beer. Now, yeah, yeah uh, but also uh, we talked to those guys, and they let us start selling the Pink Bunny to other bars also. Oh, okay. So it's not going to be exclusively there anymore. It's it'll be in different bars, and it's already been in different bars. All right, so, good. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, that's that's good to see you guys growing. And yeah, it's a nice beer. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing is, uh, Sean and I, uh, I think Ron too, uh, we're going to Citizens Bank Park, and uh, I know that there's other ones where they have the brewery. Oh tours. yeah. Are you guys going to do any of them or? Um, I think we're still up in the air about the Citizens Bank Park one. Oh, nice. Well, okay. you, you should definitely yeah. go. Cause I mean, we're, we're invited, and, uh, you know, it's a matter of finding people that have time to do it and everything like that. Right, right, so, right. Um, it would be nice. Uh, hopefully, we can do it. Um, so, uh, we have, you know, a bunch of them coming up. We have something on Sunday at the proper. It's a bar. So, we have an event from, like, 2 to 6 there. It's all local breweries. Okay, um, nice. We have an event um, at the the Seaport Museum on the river down there. Yeah, yep. oh, okay. Nice. It's, it, it's nice. called All Local. It's all, it's like, you know, like 20 or so local breweries. So, you know, it's good. Philly Beer Week's in June. we got a lot of events going on that. Okay. So there's always something good going on, a lot of events and everything like that. Nice, man. Yeah, yeah. we hope that works out. That'd be, that'd be awesome. Yeah. And if not, you know, whatever, but that's yeah. cool. It's usually fun, though, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Good way to get your name out there. And we're trying our best, man, you know, oh, to get yeah, you guys out there. It, so. yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah you guys so. really take care of us. We do everything we can to take yeah. care of you guys. Yeah, we appreciate it, it's man. Great place. Uh, we, we enjoy when you guys come, you know? And yeah. yeah. It's always fun. You know, you got, you know, you, you talk serious, but then you got jokes in there, and you know, <laughs> you yep. got yeah. to keep it fun, you know? Yeah, yeah, we do a little bit. We, we, we try to add some, some actual content yeah, to the jokes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> definitely. Cool. Try is the key word. Yes. Sean <laughs> tries too hard. No, and then no. doubles down on bad jokes. Yes. True. Usually they're a little more vulgar than tonight. I'm trying to keep it easy. <laughs> yeah. Well, Colin, yeah. thank you very much for coming hey, no on problem, with guys. us. Connor. Really appreciate Colin it, Colin and Nick at Bruin. Continued right. success, Colin. Great people over here. So, again, it's... And we'll, we'll, keep, we'll keep mentioning it during the show, but 51 Buck Road here in Huntington Valley, Naked Brewing Company, great, great place. We do and have some prize giveaways for anybody that does want to show up. We yeah, got some yeah. questions and stuff. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Hey, AJ, what's up, brother? What's going AJ. on, man? Hey. So uh, let's get into some sports stuff for the first time. 
It's probably the longer, you know, half hour in. Yeah. yeah. So the Phillies. Phillies are uh, going to be starting soon. And uh, we want to kind of hit on that a little bit. And uh, I got my buddy Mike, Mike Diddy, uh, who came down from the Poconos. Nice. He's, he's kind of like yeah, our um, – he's been on our show before. He's kind of like our minor league uh, play with the boys. Yeah, play with the boys. Um, he's kind of like our minor league uh, expert. He's uh, up in uh, – you know, he goes a lot of the uh, minor league games, Lehigh Valley. And uh, welcome on, man. It's the first time actually on a mic with us. That's true. Thank you. Yeah, Thank yeah, you. Man. Thank you. Glad to be here. So just to clarify, yeah. yes, yeah. I, uh, I work part-time for the Iron Pigs. So yes. I got a chance to see a lot of the uh, minor league AAA guys uh, that are there and, and attend quite a few of the Reading games, too. So don't okay. Yeah, so you're you're very familiar with the, with the team, um, you know, with the, with the minor league teams, got you know, team guys, the guys in the farm, and I was just down spring training last week, and I got to see quite a few of them, you know, play, because uh, you know, two reasons: some, you know, guys like Alfaro and some other guys were in the World Baseball Classic, right. but you know, they were just allowing some of these guys to get some playing time. Um, you know, guys, let, let's just start off with the with the, the with the top. I mean. He's the top-rated prospect in the Phillies organization, C.P. Crawford. Yep. Um, more than likely, I mean, I think it's pretty much a guarantee. He's going to be in AAA this year. Uh, you know, what have you seen from J.P. Crawford? Because the Phillies are saying that he needs more, more reps down in the minors before he can come up. Um, I, I agree. Based on what you know, you're saying, he's still a little raw. Yep. Uh, you know, what do you think? I mean, do you think this guy's going to be the real deal? So here's what I've seen, because I got a chance to watch him at Reading, the double-A level, and then when he switched, of course, to the Iron Pigs last year. So defensively solid. The guy's got range. He's got speed. Uh, on the base pads, he's good. He seems to understand when to go, when not. The question with him is his plate discipline. So when he made the transfer, remember, he was hot at double-A. Right. So for Redding, I mean, he was lighting the place on fire, and that's what gave him that number one prospect status. Right. When he moved up to the AAA, and of course he was facing better pitching, he struggled. So his first couple months in Lehigh, um, there was a lot of, of swing miss or hitting contact, but hitting ground balls to the infield. Beating the ground, the yeah, ball exactly, the right. So for him, what I see is he's got the ability. As the season closed out, so as we hit August and we hit you know, September up in Lehigh, he started trying, kind of figuring it out. Mm -hmm. But his okay. average still at the end of the year was pretty low. It was around 250 because he just couldn't get that early on the difference to the pitching. So I think you know, he's already been reassigned. He's been assigned to AAA. He's going to start the season in AAA. That's already a done deal. And I think that's good for a young player like him. I mean, he's only 21. Right, and that's the right. thing that you know, people – we're just impatient as sports fans right now in this town because – Well, because everything sucked for five goddamn years. <laughs> right, and every team is, like, rebuilding. Yeah. Yeah. And you hear J.P. Crawford, and you hear number one prospect in the organization, and you're thinking, why isn't this guy up yet? Well, what you just said is important. He's only 21 years old. He's a kid. He just started drinking what I've been doing for 15 years now. <laughs> Legally, right, right, right. <laughs> but you know, he, he, you know, he's just doing that now, and, and it's like, be patient. Baseball is the, yeah, th yeah. There's anomalies like Bryce Harper who can start at 19. Not everybody's Bryce Harper. Let him get his time in. 
Right. Be patient and let him. You don't want to fuck with the psyche, right. you know. Right. And you have, you know, the Phillies aren't going anywhere this year. I mean, let's be honest. You know, offensively, they were second from worst in offensive production last year uh, in the NL, and they were 189 minus 189 runs. It's ridiculous. So when you look at that, this is not a team that this year is going to suddenly turn around and contend. So when you look at a prospect like JP, there is no need to rush him up. Mm -hmm. You know, let him develop, let him get the experience, bring him up at the end of the year if he's doing well, and then let him get him some more big league time. But Yeah, let him be a September call-up. Right, exactly, right. right. There's just not a need at this point to bring him up. The general consensus is, like, early in the spring, was that he was going to be up at some point this year, mid-year. And I, I, I'm a... I disagree. I think you wait. Like, what's the point? Let him right. just come up in September. Right. There's a guy that Ron, you know, Ron's really high on Jorge Alfaro mm -hmm. with, you know, no arguments from me. I mean, I hope the guy turns out. Yep. You know, what, do you, what, what have you seen from him? So with Alfaro, it's interesting because he well, will, he didn't get a big showing last year in the majors anyway. He was only he up for what a half right. dozen games. Yeah. No, he did not. Right. And and people are basing this on his what he showed with Team Columbia. Yeah. He has the potential. At Reading, he did very well. He has the ability to call a good defensive game. His arm strength to be able to throw to second and throw to first even is good. It's, ab it's way above average. His problem, again, is the plate discipline, hitting to contact. He has the ability to hit power, but if you can't hit power in, in double A, you're going to struggle. Kind of building on that a little bit because that was one of the things I wanted to pick your brain about. I mean – this seems to be a running theme in the Phillies organization just in general. I mean, at the major league level, at every level. Like, just for example, I mean, you were just talking about J.P. Crawford, biggest Achilles heel, play discipline. You were just talking about Jorge Alfaro, you know, biggest Nick Achilles Williams. heel, play Nick discipline. Williams. Nick Williams. Nick Williams. I was just about one. to yep. transition yep. over to him. Yep. My God, I mean, he talked about yep. swinging at everything. I mean, he yep. never put the bat off his shoulder for, for you know, Correct. or on his shoulder, rather, for like the last two months of the season. Oh, and that's a great call by you. The problem, if you look at the way Citizens Bank Park was designed, right. you're talking about a ballpark that was designed for hitters who can hit with power <laughs> but then can also drive the yep. ball. These guys have the potential to drive the ball, and you get guys like Hoskins and Stasi who maybe can generate some power. But in general, if you don't have that plate discipline, right. if you're not able to recognize when you should take a pitch and when you should swing – then you're going to struggle in a ballpark like that because the fielders, the outfielders, are always going to play shallower because they're of the in, way it's right. set up. Well, what's your thought about getting Michael Saunders then from the Blue Jays organization? Because that was a team that's always been very well known for right. being extremely patient at the plate and yep. having nothing but discipline in their approach to the batter's box. I, I actually think it was a good signing. and, and I, you know, I agree. I, I think he finished the – he started the year last year. Remember, he was an all-star. At the yep. beginning of the year, his numbers were fantastic. He dropped off in the second half. But if you look at the outfield now as it lays out, Dubal, I think, is, is really the, the key that drives Solid. this, even more so than Mikhail Franco. Right. But you need some veterans in that outfield to show these guys at-bat discipline. And I think Saunders brings that. Do you think I, that was part of the reason they signed him in yes. the first place? Okay. Yes. Yeah, because yeah. I, I mean, do too. Yeah, I don't I think had the it's, same a, it's not a name that's bringing people to the park. What it is to help these young guys further develop. Exactly. And I thought cherry picking that organization in general you know what, though, was sort even of a sign that that was sort of the direction they were moving in. That we yeah. know this is a problem, 
So we're going to address it by, you know, trying to fill in as much as we can. Right. Giggity. But even when he, <laughs> but even when he comes up to bat, you're you're still watching his at bat as compared to what they had in the outfield, come up to the plate in the last two years. He's a guy who can hit it out at any time. He's Correct. a guy who can give you a big hit. Yep. So it, it adds not only the veteran experience, but it kind of gives you a little bit of hope when you have runners in scoring position. However, he's also a guy who strikes out a lot. He does. He does. And, you know, so. if you look at a guy like Mikhail Franco, the, after the, the, when he came up in 15, he fulfilled a lot of expectations. The problem was coming into 16, then he was expected to carry the offense. He's a young guy. Yeah. Right. So you bring in guys like Saunders who can take some of that pressure off him, show him that he doesn't have to hit the home run every time. He doesn't have to drive in the runs. On-base percentage is important. And, and to be able to recognize taking a walk can be just as good as driving in runs. That's where these guys come in, and if you look at their placement in the batting order, right. that's going to take some of that pressure off. And speaking of Franco, adding a guy like Saunders is huge because – it gives him some protection in that lineup. It's, Franco does It's really, you could argue, the first time he's actually had protection in the lineup for the is. entire time he's been up in the majors. He doesn't have to hit a seven-run home run. He can come up and just, right. let me play, let me just be smart here. If I have to take a walk, I have to take a walk. Now suddenly maybe he's getting a couple pitches to hit, knowing there's a genuine hitter behind him. Right. You know, they're not just throwing everything outside on him. Right. Right. When he came up in 15, you have to remember, he, pitchers didn't know him. Right. Right. And what do we always say about the major league? It's not the first time through the league. It's the exactly. second time through it's the league. It's the second right. time through the league. Yeah. And if you look at freshman versus sophomore years in the league, that's generally, unless a superstar, generally what you're going to see. Yep. But if you add protection for him, and, you know, I think Matt Stairs coming in as the hitting coach, people always kind of make not a big deal out of <laughs> hitting coaches. And who knows? I mean, he doesn't plan on changing their approach. What he changed plans on doing is teaching them to recognize pitching. But I think the addition of these veteran guys will help him to realize he doesn't have to carry the load. And, and that's hard for a young guy to do. I know a couple girls who could carry a load. Yeah. All right, yeah. yeah. TJ's sister. So, the, <laughs> the, the, so when I was, you know, when I was down there, the thing that struck me was, was the, the pitching. Okay. Yep. I, I have major, major concerns about the pitching of the Phillies, man. I, I just... I think they are going to score some runs this year, contrary to the last few years. But I don't know, man. Like, the starting rotation, I'm not sold on. We went back and forth. But I, we can get into it. But Jeremy Hellickson as Jeremy your opening Hellickson. day starter. Right. That's what I think about that. Well, look, it's like I said. It, he's not a number one. He's no, not he's even a number two. No. He's my number two. But he's okay. Like, he's not bad. He's no. going to win more games than he loses by a little. He's going to have an ERA that comes somewhere around, like, 3.7. Watching and that's about him, it. Like, he's nothing special. It's just the fact that the Phillies are lining him up as their ace that you have an issue with. Right. If he was on the back end of a rotation, you would probably not have any problem whatsoever. Let me let me give you a key number what? for Hellickson. Okay. 975. Do you know what that is? That's the amount of innings he pitched, close to 1,000 yeah. innings. Yeah. He's an innings eater. He doesn't spend time on the DL. All right. He, he prepares well. If you look at his history, now, there's a difference between preparing well and having the physical ability to carry that out. 
He's a prep guy. He looks, he studies film, he studies the hitters. And if you take a guy like Nola and you take the other young pitchers, Velasquez, and you teach them. You're creeping them, up on my issue with the rotation, though. You teach them how to do that skill. Hellickson doesn't have the physical ability to be dominant, but he does have the ability to teach young pitchers. Well, that's sort of my issue. The, the Phillies really, if you look at their entire pitching staff, front to back, with the exception of Velasquez, they don't have anybody that could overpower a hitter. No, they don't. No. I mean, it's I, like, literally Eichhoff. like carbon copies of exactly the same guy. They're all location pitchers that, you know, can probably give you about six or seven reasonable innings. I, right. I, Even I, their bullpen, like they never had yep. that ability to kind of like switch, which is one of the reasons I was so amazed it worked so well last year. Because when you go from like, let's say, Hellickson, for, or Noel is a better example because he's yeah. a pure location pitcher. You go from him to Hector Neris to Gomez is your best. You're basically seeing the same pitcher three times. Right. I mean, they all have essentially the same skill set. None right. of them are going to overpass. Like, it's not like all of a sudden no. you're throwing the timing off in the batter by switching to somebody just as a flamethrower. Right. Like, right. you know, they're all location pitchers. Right. Conversely, when they start getting knocked around, they all look super ugly. And it's interesting you, you just said about but Velasquez. He's the one guy in this rotation as of now. Like, I know a lot of people are high on Eikhoff. He's a guy. I want to be. I'm just, uh, I'm not there. But Velasquez is the guy that I look at and go, wow, this is the guy I want to see pitch. This is the guy I want to see blow people away. You know why? Because junk ball, junk ball pitchers, pitchers versus fireballs, guys who can just throw it by you, who wins? Right. You want to see the guys who can throw it by you, right? I don't know. You can think of a lot of examples going the other way. Well, yeah, but like uh, the casual fan. The casual fans well, tune in to a baseball game. Yeah, it's more exciting. To you watch had Nolan Ryan like, versus sure. Jamie Moore. Sure. I'm, I'm not, obviously, not, you know what I'm trying to say. Not error, not the same error. But you know, who'd you rather see pitch? You'd rather I, see Nolan Ryan pitch. Let me ask you a question. If you look at the Cy Young candidates from last year, how many of them are known for power pitching? How many? I'm sorry. How many of how what? many are known for power pitching? What now? I mean, you mean? You, no. I mean, if you look at recent times, if you look at the Cy well, Young candidates, Kershaw, he can be a little bit of a power pitcher. Are, they can be, but they're not known for it. They're not going to be guys throwing 100 plus, 99 plus consistently. They're I mean, guys Chapman. that can locate and yes, have a saying, second can, and third pitch, yeah. right? And so with the Phillies, you know, I have questions about Nola. I'm not going to lie to you. I look at Nola as, and if you look at him at LSU, he relied on placement. What happens if your placement's off? You don't have anything else to fall then back on. Then you're cooked. Right. That's my concern. Because, like I said, you have nothing to fall back on after you're missing your spots. Right. Well, With a power pitcher, at least you can say to yourself, all right, uh, I'm, I'm just off today for whatever reason. But I'm just going to dominate. Like, I'm just going to go out and just – I'm going to outrun them, basically. Right. And see how long I can get away with that. Sure. Like, it's just an extra tool in the arsenal they have that a location pitcher doesn't necessarily bring it's, to the table. It's a safety net. Yes. It's what it exactly. is. Right. Exactly. Right. If you – now, I will say, now, unfortunately, what the problem is, they do have some of these arms in their minor league system, but we're talking years away. Yeah, so they just don't seem like they're like quite Sixto ready for prime Sanchez, time, yeah. and here's another guy to watch out for. Dirty Sanchez? Yeah, yes, the dirty that's the TJ's favorite holiday. <laughs> but if you look at the Sixto Sanchez, the number of times he likes yes, it. Yes, yes. And then you look at Cologne. Franklin Kilgore is another one that, that can throw heat, another, right? Right. They can throw Same heat. Same thing though. I think right. he's low class A if I remember right. Correct. Yeah. So you're talking Gulf Coast lead. Yeah. You're talking uh, the blue claws. Yeah. We're talking you know, practice. Right down in practice. <laughs> We're talking practice. These are guys that are not gonna be here for a couple of years. You know, if they pan out. But there's where the power is. And in that ballpark, though, if you're a placement pitcher, you got to hit your spots. And, and 
I, didn't, I don't yeah. mean to cut you off. I, I don't mean to bash yes, the do. guys. No, yes, you do. Sometimes. Yes, you do. I don't mean to uh, bash the guys who aren't power pitchers. That's not my intention. I'm just saying for the casual fan to tune in, you got guys like Eichhoff and Nola who are more placement guys. You know, let's be honest. Some of the greatest pitchers ever are placement guys. Greg Maddox relied on his location. Yep. Yep. Well, my thing is you just you need a mix. And they're too heavy on one side at this I point. Agree. The same way that you don't want just front-to-back power pitchers either. I mean, no, no, you need no, to be no. able to change right. gears on a batter and throw their timing off. And they don't seem like, again, they seem like they got away with it last year. And Dan, if I know how. Well, they got away in the beginning of the season. Right, yeah. the first two as, months. Right, as the season wore on, these young pitchers wore down. And well, Velasquez is a perfect example of that. Right. I mean, the young ones always wear down, He was brother. trying to overpower everybody. That's, why That's an example the other direction. He wasn't using the field at all or any of the no. fielders behind him. He was doing nothing but going for the strikeout. If you And they brought Jake Thompson right. up. And, you know, I watched him pitch at Lehigh. And you, there was a seven, eight-game stretch in Lehigh. He was dominant. Yeah, he was unhittable. I mean, he was That was really five. exciting when they called him up. And then when they brought him up, he had a bad outing. You remember his first time out? He, he sucked. I think I mean, he, he, so he got Which, you know. He never recovered. There's a guy. He, you're looking at fifth spot in the rotation this year. There's a guy that if he can gain a little bit of confidence, no, not a power, but he can reach that, that right. you know, 90, upper 90s. No, like of, I said, I'm high on Thompson. Yeah, I think he's I a really agree. nice player. Right. And Eikhoff's another guy. He's got the size. He's got the size and durability to be able to last through a season. In the major leagues, these guys that they have that are young haven't played that many games. They right. haven't lasted. Even Nola, you know, he was injured last year. Eikhoff lasted. So if you take a guy like Eikhoff, he's got the physical frame to be able to last entire season. He needs to develop the off pitches, though. Right. A and then I think he will be a good pitcher for well, that. And that's the thing about Velasquez. Velasquez can blow you away yep. with, you know. Giggity. With, you know, <laughs> good pitches. But he's got to develop that off pitch. He's got to yep. develop on top of the control that he needs. He has to develop that off pitch. He's got to trust guys, his secondary pitches a little bit more. Right, right. Right. And that's the problem with guys like, you know, like, like not only see Chapman, uh, who, uh, the Dodgers closer uh, back in, you know, 08. Uh, Broxton? Uh, huh? Jonathan Broxton? Jonathan yeah, Broxton. Broxton. That was yeah. his problem. Yep. You knew it was coming. Yeah. yeah you just had to catch had. up to it. Right. You know, well, you that was, was what coming. made Liv so effective yeah, in the year that we slider, won the World Series. Dude, his slider was deadly. Dude, his slider was his best pitch. The slider right. was his out pitch. It wasn't even right. a fastball. Right. No, and that's the thing. Like that's the that's the thing that these guys have to develop. That's what the you know guys like Vincent Velasquez has to develop. Right. So I mean, hopefully, you know, hopefully that that's the case. Hopefully, this off season he's been working on. So far, the spring has been okay. Yeah. It, um, it's, you mean, can't really judge wins I and losses. Though. This no. is like the one sport where people really are just getting work in. Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah. they're just exactly working on right, individual right. things and if, getting their timing down and, yep. you know, their speed at the plate. And if you need to develop a curve or you need to develop an off-speed pitch, when do you do that? You do it in spring. Right. right. You're going to throw it right. way more than you would in the regular season. People panic when guys go out in spring and they give up a ton of runs. Well, that's because they're using a pitch that they're trying to develop. And and I'd much rather have them develop them at this time of year than when they get up. Yeah, Velasquez, the after that 16-strikeout game last year, was never the same. That might have been the worst thing that could have happened to him, actually. It, it might have, because the expectations went way up. But also, and after I think that, he, he just burned himself throwing, out. Yeah, yeah, he throw, but, throwing yep. heat with every pitch. Right. But there's one guy that I saw... Um, well, that it depressed me and impressed me. Let's start with the depressed me. Ben Lively, yep. the, the guy we got, um, we got him in a trade with, with the uh, Dodgers a couple years right, ago. Right. Um, 
oh my god, he's horrendous. Yes. That guy couldn't get anybody out. The one who impressed me, uh, Pat. Meshack. Uh, no, 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 not maybe it's not Pat. The, the uh, NBA draft uh, pitcher. Oh, uh, Venditti. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, yep. he impressed. He 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 struck at the side. Yep. He pitched left-handed to one guy and right. pitched right-handed to the other two and got them out. He did. To me, like I know the guy hasn't had much success in the major leagues, but he is so valuable to have in that bullpen. You you know, you're talking a, even a long inning game. You know, long inning game. That other manager's trying to match up his lineup to uh, your relievers. You know, you can't do anything against him because he's going to pitch to whatever side of the plate you're on. Um, he, he can create matchup problems for the other lineup, but he's just got to find effective stuff. The thing is, he only throws in the high 80s. So. Right. And you have to ask yourself, the guy like that, you would think the ability to do that would be so coveted. Why is this his third or fourth team? That's the problem. That's the problem. He pitched in spring training. I think we all remember that spring training game, and it was impressive. But he's throwing the guys with the number 93 on the back of their jersey. Right. You know, they're not going to be there. I think with no I've, name. Right. And I've heard them say, oh, well, they should start him in the bullpen. Why not? I think if you send him the AAA, which is what I think he'll, he'll be, and let him work and let him have time to develop, I think what's happened is he's been rushed because of a unique ability. How many guys can switch? Hit, you know, switch pitch. Not many. Oh, I know. No, not many. <laughs> so, so of course they got. I, gotta admit, I don't think I've ever seen it. Cool. Right, I can't even spank it with both hands. I mean, so, I gotta stick with one. Yeah, like so sitting on it, pitch, let it fall asleep. Right. Like, oh, I got a stranger tonight. Right, right. Um, right. but I gotta be honest. I just gotta get this last shot in on Helixson. Watching Helixson pitch and how long he takes to pitch. Yep. I mean, it's not good. So you can't. Really it's like, like he's so much. boring. <laughs> it's like trying to. It, it takes the time to, like, George Burns can get a hard-on quicker than the time it takes Helkson to get the ball to the plate. God bless Viagra. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. He's, he's so fucking – it's like watching paint dry, watching him pitch. That short stride – he's like a softball pitcher. That short stride. He looks yep. like he's eh. – and his facial expression is the same no matter oh, what. Oh, so God. Yeah, yeah, I think you might it's, secretly have oh, a man talking about crush. a hit the face. I hate him. I saw a picture of Aaron Harang the other day again. I'm like, oh, Dude, Aaron Harang's like, face. <laughs> yeah, when he pitched. Jesus. Yeah. He's like the walking dead. Yeah. 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 He was yeah. like a Mount porn star at the end of a scene with his face. I, I think, he was like Peter North. You know, I'm not expecting a, a much different win total this year. Oh, when I am. I, I think 500 is realistic. You when don't think I that's realistic? No, I, I never said that last year. I think four, <laughs> four to six games different. No, no. I said 73 wins last year. Clay Buckle. Did you? I thought you said 500 last year. Clay Buckle. I said they could be. Yeah. Well, they, they could be a while, oh, but that doesn't mean it's going to happen. Right. You. You know, I, I, look at I figured 10 wins was absolutely fair. Development you fucking shine and ability box. to drive runs. <laughs> You know, that's where I look for the keys this year. The pitchers have to stay healthy. They have to work on their second, third pitch. They have to be able to bring more runs home. They have to be smart on the base pads. I mean, for God's sake, how many times oh, last yeah. year did we see right. dumb base running mistakes? Right. A lot. That I saw kills it. You. I saw it a few and that times. Goes right to the coaching too. I saw it a few times in that preseason. I mean, uh, you know, last week, um, it was Galvis. Galvis was on second, got caught in the middle on a routine play. Dude, they teach you that in in little league. 
He got caught between second and third. Got caught in a rundown. Did you drink it? I, I forget who's batting. I don't remember who. He obviously ran to second because he's like, all right, we're well, going to tag him. I'm going to run to second. I'm going to take the extra base, which he did. But Galvis, he did that last year in the game. So he, he still hasn't learned. I don't know what's going on there. You, you do have inexperienced base coaches. Let's be honest. Mickey Mordini hasn't been in. It, last year was his first year in the majors right. as a coach. Right. And then the guy at first now, I, I, I'm going to be honest, I don't know who he is. So. Well, I mean, Galvis is a placeholder, let's face it, for J.P. Crawford if he continues to yes. but, but Yeah, Galvis point, is the guy. You know who I think right. should be? I'd rather have – you know what? I hate to say it. I, I don't, I'm not a fan of Cesar Hernandez, but Galvis is driving me absolutely batshit crazy where I may actually rather have Cesar Hernandez on his team, at have short. him at second, and put Crawford at short. Or put Gallus at second and have Crawford yeah, well, at Yeah, I mean, saying Hernandez will have second, and Hernandez makes less base running mistakes, but again, he, he's another one that, you know, doesn't have power. He, he can hit for contact, but, you know, he, he's not going to knock the ball out of the park either. I mean, he's going to be a good defensive second baseman, and he will be a, a good hitter. I mean, if you look at their system in general, there's not a lot of power guys coming up. No, there's not. No. Well, Nick Williams is one of those guys that when he's coming up, you're thinking, wow, this guy can pop 30 home runs in that ballpark. But he's struggling down in the minors, and that's kind of deflating my hopes a little bit. I've got to be honest. Yeah, um, I think Nick Williams has a bit of an effort attitude. I mean, I watched him in Lehigh a lot last year. I think he, in his mind, believes he should be moved up. And when he's not, I've seen him, you know, not hustle the base run now, not hustle down the line if he hits a ground ball. And how do Philly fans react to that? Hey, so, guys. You know, they're not going to bring him up until he starts showing a little bit more Surprise uh, me. interest in, in the game. Uh, you know, he has ability to have power. I've seen it in Lehigh. But he also has the ability to say F it and not really put a lot of effort into it, too. Right, right. So. What's up, Pat? Hi, how are you? Good, man. Um, uh, you know, so what about the, you know, one last, one last thing about this. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do, we're going to do a little trivia game for anyone who wants some prizes. You got to have your Phillies knowledge ready to go, though. Got to be honest, it's a, it's a heavy uh, Phillies uh, trivia. But, you know, I felt like McCannon announced the closer a little early. Um, you know, you, last year you had David Hernandez in camp and Hernandez was the closer and then he gets hurt and then he comes back at the end of spring training he starts the first week of the year. He struggles. You pull him and you put in um, um, Gomez. Gomez, thank you. I'm thinking Naris. You put in Gomez and he, he does well. You he know, does. He, he, he does well until yeah, September until and he had like a 17 year, yeah. ERA or whatever. Yeah. He, he, you know, but you know what? Again, the same thing. Like you were saying earlier, the young guys break down. Giggity. And, you know, <laughs> after a while, you know, they just become the mush. You know, they don't have the, the stamina to withhold that the constant pounding of the regular season. Right, right. You know? Constant. The constant. The constant. Starts to hurt. In and out of the game, while, in right. and out of the game, in right. and out of the game, right. you know? In and out, in and out. Right. You can get sore that way, too. I don't know if yes, you know. Yes, you do. That. Right. Yeah, you, you, you get a sore, you can. sore arm, sore end. I mean, right. all that stuff happens. Sure. So. You pull that muscle a lot. Yeah, so I can just keep doing the giggity the whole thing here. <laughs> <laughs> so, as the place quiets down. It did. It really, yeah, yeah. I think they wanted to hear it. It's true. But, you know, so that, that, you know, you kind of expect that to happen. 
do you think they announced that too quick this year, the, the, the whole, you know, the closer? I mean, I, I know he kind of earned it last year. Gomez owner earned it last year. But, like, why not have a battle for that spot? Because I don't think there's much to battle for. I, I look at the route, I look at the bullpen, and I think they have one lefty. Out of all the bullpen, they have one lefty, and and the rest are righty. And I don't see one guy. I mean, you brought in Jacques Benoit, you know, balls. That <laughs> is, you know, what is he? 40, 41? Not that I have room to talk. He's thirty-nine. Right, whatever. So, yeah, this is not a bullpen where it's going to be rescuing. They, I, I predict the same thing as last year, which is they'll start off fine. And Genmar will be fine in the beginning. But is he your future closer? No. no. I mean, would it have hurt to have a competition? No, but what, how did it end this season last well, year? Could be. Gomez struggling. What's the one thing you try to do if you know you don't have another closer? You build the confidence of the guy you have. How do you do that? You name him closer. Yep. No, I, I agree. That's yeah, the only uh, reason uh, they that's did true. That, that's my true. opinion. And if they were comp- – you had Ron stole my thunder. I want to say Velasquez. What do Velasquez? you think about the Phillies? They have a lot of um, stars there. Why don't we move someone to like a reliever or a closer? Because we lack with reliever. Our bullpen is still lacking. It's been that way for two years. But we have decent starters. Why can't one of them just come to relieving? Um, no, I, I agree. I mean, because, I mean, you know, Velasquez has the – the control issues where he can't last more than five innings. So, so maybe he could be a closer. I mean, maybe he, maybe he could be. He's got the even stuff. If, He's got the heat. Even if not a closer, or a reliever. Oh, just a reliever, reliever in general. So you're saying like a bull, like, like a middle inning guy. Yeah, they had a lot of problems last year when the starters okay. did good. But I can then see that. When they had that reliever come in or that closer, they blew it. I can't tell you how many Phillies games I watched where they blew it in the eighth inning or the seventh inning or even in the ninth inning. Mm-hmm. The starters weren't the problem, in my opinion, last year. It was the relievers and closers. They, yep. needed, they need relievers and closers, and they should yes, right. they think about yep. it. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, the whole pitching well, staff kind of collapsed. I was listening to you guys earlier, and Ron didn't mention it. You guys didn't mention it. What about Zach Eflin? I like him a lot. You know he what? I, I don't know. I mean, he, he's young, too. Yeah. You know, Eflin came over from the Dodgers in the but trade. that's what we should do. What are we building? We want the young. We want the young. The yeah. Phillies are right. building. So I'm, I'm for that. I mean, personally, my feeling, I wouldn't move Velasquez now because you're not competing for anything right now. You, you know, you're in a rebuilding phase. You're in a young, let's see what the young guys have. You need a solid starting rotation. Velasquez, I think, could be a piece of that. So to move him to the bullpen now – uh, I mean, could he do well? Sure. I mean, he's got a power arm, so it, the potential is there. But if he can prove himself as a starter with that power and develop a second and third pitch, you know, you want that starting rotation. But if it doesn't pan out, you then could definitely give him a try. Yeah. Right, right. But then even looking further, what about like someone like Aaron Nola? You know, when he's working year in 2015, he did really good, but he didn't start the whole season. But last year, you know, he started out okay. And then his ERA went way right. sky high towards the end. What are we going to do about him? Well, is it, the question with Aaron Ola is, was it the elbow injury or was it the bad pitching and then the elbow injury? <laughs> so, right, I mean, yeah. he started the season on fire. He, his placement was on, and then he, he, he fell apart. I mean, let's be honest. He fell off the, the rails, and then what happened? They talked about the ligament strain in his elbow. So the beginning of the season will be important for Nola, but I'll be honest, I'm talking July to August or when I want to see Aaron Nola. Yeah, what yeah. does he bring to the table in July and August? Because that's when he has 
typically phone off. But these guys, these young guys aren't used to playing, you know, 182 games either, 162 games either. Right. You know, they're, they're short season. They're college guys. They're, you know, they're, they're even AAA and AA have shorter seasons. So this year, I think, is a, an important year for that. It's a good point. And even swishing the table up now, what about – you know, I don't know, the news, it was a today or yesterday, they sent down Tyler Goodell. Now, I like Goodell, so do you think that's going to mess up the outfield or anything? Or? I mean, they brought in two veterans for the outfield, so I think that's why they did that. Yeah, Saunders, um, yeah. Right, and, and if you kept Goodell on the big league roster, he's going to be a bench player. He'll fill in every couple of games for the veterans. Uh, but if you want to give him playing time, and you want to give him experience, and the best move for a guy like that is to put him in AAA. Right. You know, and yeah, just get him on. experience, right. get, him the, get him the reps, get him right. the, you, you know, used to getting his stuff. So um, so I, I want to do a little game. We have some prizes to give away. Everyone says turn. Ooh, prizes. Free stuff. You need to have some Phillies knowledge. I want three contestants to jump up. Who's I want three Phillies contestants. Knowledge? Right here. Three. There's one. Phillies. Phillies trivia yeah. to win a prize. Gentlemen. All right, we got one. Fine-looking winter vest. We got two. Who's my third? Come on. Th All right, we, we got you a third. Win free crap. All right, here's our third. All right, so. Uh, all right, we'll just do a hand raise or a beer glass raise. So I'm going to ask some questions. So I started looking online for questions, and there's a lot of fan-made trivia questions out there. <laughs> And they're wrong. I was started sending them to, to Ron. I'm like, what the hell does this mean? There was one that had double answers. It was like, how many triples did uh, Jimmy Rollins hit in 2007 or 2008 or whatever it was? It was 30. There was two answers for 30, and they called me wrong. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to think of them. All right, so here's the deal. I have 12 questions, okay? Well, sorry if you bomb. Does anyone else want to jump? I don't have to have three people. Does anyone else want to jump in on this? Try to win a prize for the Phillies? Phillies prize? Four. Anyone else? I have a ceramic Phillies cookie jar. It's like this big. Oh, what do you mean, your face? <laughs> uh, anyone else want to jump in? Last call. You can hide other things in the cookie jar. All right, we have th <laughs> It's It's nice. Yes. You can put beer in it. Yes, absolutely. You put whatever you want in it. Right. Coke. <laughs> fucking whatever you want. You can't put it to capitate. You're out. Well, it depends. If it's a child's head, yes, it'll fit. Right. Yeah, you can fill it like a growler. Right. You do whatever you want. Oh, all right. I thought he was out. <laughs> I was like, fuck, he backed out. All right. So, so here's the deal. Uh, Ron, you guys be the judge who lifts their glass first. Okay, here's how it's going to go. Whoever lifts their glass first and gets to answer the question first. Okay? If you get that question right... You get to answer the next question automatically first, okay? If you get it wrong, it goes on to the next person to your left, all right? And if no one gets it, we move on. So at the end of the 12 questions, Mike, you want to keep, keep the score? All right. Mike keeps the score. You guys be the judges on who, who answers first. The first three are toss-ups, and then it gets difficult. So question number one. All right, so first of all, we got Ryan. Ryan in the house. What's your name, sir? Joe. And we got Seth. So these are our three contestants. Thank you guys for taking part. It's not fixed, Joe. It's not. It's not. First question is, what year did Citizens Bank Park open? Joe, right? Yeah. 
No. Seth. Seth. Seth got it right. Next question. You got this, guys? All right, you know what? Yeah, I know. Seth gets it, but some, someone's got to keep track of who. Okay. All right, so the new broadcast, there's a new member of the broadcasting team, John Cruck. This one's for Seth because he got it right. What number did John Cruck wear when he played? And this is a trick question because he wore two numbers. No. 19 wins. Yep. Yeah. Joe, right? Whoever, whoever gets it first. Joe? I, yeah, you get Joe got it, yeah. So Joe, there is, but I said whatever one. The other one is obviously 29. What Philly, uh, so this is for Joe. What Philly went on to the Wall of Fame last year? No. Now it goes to the left. Oh, uh, you're right. No. All right. So that question gets passed on. No one. Who is it? No. Jim Tomey. Remember Ryan Howard hit the home run? Remember that? Ryan Howard hit the home run. Tomey was in the crowd. All right. All right. So this one's everybody, right? How many World Series appearances do the Phillies have total? Who? who Seth. I think it was Seth. No. No. Seven. Joe got it. All right. Well done. So this one's for Joe. Before Roy Halliday's no-hitter in 2010. Nice job. Whoa! Nice. And the question was, who was the last Phillies pitcher to throw in a hitter? Kevin Millwood. Extra no, There's no extra credit, but what year? Three. But that's all right. You got it right. 2003. No, it was the, la it was the last season at the last vet. Last game at, mm -hmm. yep, at the vet, yep. Um, all right, so, Joe, you got that one right, so you continue. How many no-hitters did the Phillies throw in the 1990s? No. No. Two. Seth. Tommy Green, Terry Mulholland. All right. So this one's for Seth. How many gold gloves did shortstop Jimmy Rollins win while in Philly's uniform? Nope. Was it? Nope. Seven. He said seven. Four. Four wins. He, he should have. All right. So this one for Joe. Joe got that one right with four. Who scored the winning run in the 2008 World Series? No, sir. Ron. Oh, Ron got it. Yes, Eric Bruntlett. Jeff Jenkins. Jeff Jenkins hit it. That was a good one. That was a good question. Yeah. Jeff Jenkins hit it. Eric Bruntlett scored. Who made this was for Ryan? I don't even know what the tally is. I'm, I'm excited. I got it. I got All it. right. I'm good. I'm good. Who made the final out at the vet at the vet in 2003? 
No. Oh, Joe had his glass up first. Uh, the batter. Who made the final? You got it. Chase Utley. Chase Utley made the final out. So this one's for Joe. Who is the first Phillies? Well, you know what? It doesn't matter because it was the Philly who hit it. Who hit the first official home run at Citizens Bank Park? Damn. You got it. Nice job. I got to give credit for that one. That was the Tommy hitting the preseason. Right. Final question. This one's for Joe. You guys, I don't know what the tally is, but we'll see. In 1883, what was the team's nickname? When they... No. 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 It was the Philadelphia Quakers. Oh, yes. So, what do we got? All right. So, for Seth, we have two. Seth had two. Ryan, we have one. All right. And for Joe, we have six. 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 All right. Six. Wow. Well, Joe. Ryan and Seth, you guys win T-shirts. Joe, you win the uh, you win the uh, ceramic prize. You win the ceramic cool. Thanks, guys. Thanks for Filled taking the part, guys. Filled with weed. Thank you, guys. Good job, man. Congratulations. Congratulations. Yeah, it was what, dude, Abreu? That was a good, I, I, I was like, I was like, oh shit, Abreu? Yeah, nice. nice. Well done, dude. Nice I was too. I just don't remember it. Yeah, Joe, I was there too, but I was drunk. I don't remember it. And I remember it was cold and rainy. I remember it's against Cincinnati. That's Sean, you weren't there. And Randy Wolf was pitching. That's all I remember. That's it. You were actually in the parking lot. Uh, nice. Wow. <laughs> Nicely nice. done. Congratulations, Joe. Thanks, man. Well, thank you, Mike, for coming on, man. My pleasure. My pleasure. Yes, absolutely. And, uh, you know, anytime you want a minor league uh, update throughout the season, you just let me know. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. So we are going to move on from the Phillies to the Philadelphia Flyers, and let's be honest. They won last night, but it's looking a little dim. We don't know what's going to happen here. So, and welcome to the panel, AJ. Well, EJ, welcome, man. Welcome to the panel. Yo, what's up? Hey, what's up, man? So the uh, the Flyers won last night. What's up? Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. yeah. He, he can jump on with me. You want to pull that chair? He can jump. He can jump on for me. Um, so the Flyers win last night. Uh, big win because Boston lost. That so is a big th win. They're now six points behind, and uh, we will see what happens. Okay, let's uh, let's start out with this. They're not getting into the playoffs. No. Nope. Okay. No. Nope. <laughs> Thank you for starting with that. Come Not even close. Yeah, grab yeah. Slot on in there. It's over. It's, it's over. It is ridiculous to believe that at this point in the season, with what's going on, they will catch up. Yeah, Matt, come on, get in here. <laughs> it's been over for a long time, actually. It has been over for a while. I just want to start off by saying I can't believe you guys are being so negative. You don't well, think they can go on an 0 for run for the rest of the season? 
Yeah, I think they're going to win out from the rest of the if season. If the Packers can do it, why can't we? They, yes. st- they still have every two other games. Team, every other team is going to lose out, too. Yeah. That's the <laughs> – Well. I mean, they still have two games against the Penguins. They're not, it's just not going to happen. They still got a, two games against the Penguins. Yeah. That alone is not going to happen. Which I'm not sure I expect them to lose out against the Penguins specifically, but I expect them to lose out. Well, and, you know, in one frame of mind, you can think that, you know, well, the Penguins, you know, they're going to make the playoffs. Maybe they're going to play down a bit. But in another way, they're not because they're still, they're still trying to play for where they're sitting. They don't want to stay. We'll, we'll play something. Are they in third or second? I'm they not even sure. There. <laughs> I mean, they, they could. I think they still have a chance to get in that top seed. So yeah, and know, they're not gonna like play down. They're gonna want to win. Yeah. That, that last game we won four nothing against. I don't know how we did that. They're definitely gonna come back with something. They don't want that four four nothing win to go unanswered. No. No. But I think the more important thing. I wouldn't is be shocked to see Barney, uh, Bobby Farnham, up with the. Uh, oh big yeah, club. They, they can bring him up again, so yeah. Belmar can one one hit wonder him. <laughs> And knock him to the ice again. That'll be a great demonstration. Let's start out with my no, the guy who I am. I had up the hill with. I am done with. Oh, you're gonna start at the top, huh? It's Claude Giroux. <laughs> We're I going with rage with today, Claude folks. Giroux. You're going from zero to a hundred, oh. real yeah. fast. No, 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 no. I um, I, I, you know, I I'm not gonna deny that he's not. He's a good player. But he he doesn't have that surrounding cast anymore. <laughs> oh well, you know there's Belmar, who is obviously the core of the locker room, who's so goddamn important to yeah. this team that he's the worst. Uh, he has the worst expected goals in the whole league. But God forbid we talk bad about him because that locker room presence is important as hell. But go on, go ahead. No. <laughs> Go on, talk about Drew. Go ahead. See, uh, number one, I don't think Drew is a captain. I had this conversation before with friends who actually like Drew, and I'm not. When I always argue about him, it's not that I don't like him. It's that I think, like I said, he doesn't have surrounding cast. Drew is a, number one. He's a passer. He always tries to get that assist. But the problem with that is the entire players, they pass. All of them pass. Then we don't have a shooter. We don't have someone that just shoots. And that's where Drew has a problem. And number one, he's a captain. He has 14 goals on the season. What does that say with the rest of the team? If the captain's not producing, then how is the rest of the team going to produce? It's funny. He's bringing up that everybody passes a lot. And I kind of thought this to myself two weeks ago. I, thought I sort of thought. I sort of thought to myself, "Shit, we really did lose the Jeff Carter trade, didn't we?" <laughs> God no. <laughs> no, but when you think about it, honestly, Couturier is an overblown, you know, third line yeah. center yeah. that we're paying probably too much money, and Voracek is. But remember, so in, in that I, deal, though, it was a three-way okay, trade okay. when we, we traded uh, Richards too, and that's how we got no, Simmons. Those were separate deals, though. Yeah, but they were, but it. it yeah, I do. So, right. so we won the Richards one, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's that's oh, yeah. a Braden Shen and, and Wayne Simmons. Wayne Simmons yeah. That's a win. You can't argue that that's a loss in and any dimension. I actually, I go. But that's on only win. because we got Wayne Simmons. Oh, true. If you take Wayne Simmons <laughs> out of that deal, it's a wash. Yeah. Even I'm, though Richards isn't even playing. I like Shen. That's how much I've. 
that, that's how much I've turned on Shen at this point. There's no really? Simmons. There's like probably Shen. no deal. I like him a lot. I think that Shen is more of an unsung hero. He he does things when it can, when he has to. He doesn't have like that tremendous point at, or points or balls, but when it counts, he doesn't. He gets that puck in the net when it matters, and that's what that's what Giroux doesn't do. Okay, so let's talk about Giroux. There has been a lot of negativity toward him. There's been a lot of this, uh, he shouldn't be the captain. There's been a lot of, we should trade him. Do you agree? Well, can I give the sunshine and rainbows Yes, uh, yes, please do. Go ahead. I love sunshine. First off, everyone is way too hard on Giroux. And I have a couple of reasons why. Number one, he's not playing with his optimal line mates. This is true. He's been broken up from Voracek for the majority of the season, which is who he has to play with on this team. And they put him back with uh, Voracek and Reed the other night. And they put him back with Voracek, and they were skating real well together. They looked enthused for the first time in weeks, both of them. Now, the fact that they stuck them with Reed is unfortunate, but frankly, I think Giroux is underutilized and underappreciated criminally on this team. I agree. He, he may not be, you know, the rah-rah guy in the locker room, but he's one of those guys you can never question his effort. You see him bringing it. And think about it. He is very undersized. He's maybe 5'10 at the most, 170, 180 yeah. pounds. And he's constantly going up there against the team's top lines, their biggest defenseman. And he's getting in there. He's battling. Which has been maybe that's why Shimmer on the first line. Yeah, which is why people say that uh, um, maybe his um, his aging has been increased a little bit. Why there's been maybe a, more of a decline because he's going, he's playing these hard minutes and he's an undersized forwards and maybe it's maybe it's roughing him up a little bit. But let me offer a defense of Giroux for one minute, if I may. Last season, although I hate to bring him up after chopping someone's finger off last night. Sidney Crosby. Last, <laughs> last season, Last season, I was completely ready to say that Sidney Crosby hit the Vinny LeCavalier wall and fell off a goddamn cliff. <laughs> and then, and th- yeah, nah. Then they went and fired the coach, First off. got a different system, and let Crosby be Crosby. So I think maybe a little bit has to do with coaching because we're seeing a lot of – I think Haxtell expects the defense to be more offensively active. Is this the blame well, Haxtell segment? <laughs> well, hold on. Be- before we get to that. Haxtell. Fire, Fire Haxtell. He's a before, oh, before. He's a legend. He won the Frozen Four. He did. <laughs> he won MVP. Well, he won a lot. That's got to mean something. Before any, we say that, see, the thing about it is, number one, the first question you asked was if we should trade Jerome. Yeah, I go say ahead. yes because um, you know what is he 28 now, and I think that he's in his somewhat of a prime. And if the Flyers wait a little bit, then it might not get as he's, good. He's coming good down deal. from the prime. Yeah, and I agree with that. But then when you talk about Hextall, uh, I think uh, I think he should uh, deserve to get one more year. Because the thing is, the Flyers are very inconsistent, but they have been inconsistent with La Caviet, uh, with um. You know, with and with when Marumi was here, when he was a coach, and then Haxter, I mean, they've still been inconsistent. You know, and they've been inconsistent even way back with Peter Laviolette. It, it just, 
you know, they, they, I, I don't know, I don't get the consistency problem with that team. See, I don't think I've seen this team actually fight back, like push for a comeback. And I think that has heart. a lot to do with Hextall. Since Vinny LeCavalier. I mean, not LeCavalier. Peter Laviolette. Yeah, Laviolette. The coaching. Okay. And, uh, but I, I, yeah, I do. But I think it has the coaching and a mix to do with the captain, too. Like, what is, like, that goes back to my argument before. If Jarrell only has, you know, 14 goals, what is that, what example that set? Like, what does he say to the team in the locker room? What does he do? Like, if he's not producing, the other team's not going to be producing. And if, what is Hextall saying? Like, what is he, I remember, uh, what was, two months ago, I remember reading an article that, um, that you know, Hextall had a, Ron Hextall had to come down, and he actually had to go in the locker room in the middle of uh, the second period and yell at the team. That's not his job. That should be the coach's job to do that. You can you see uh, Dave Hackstall on the bench when other team is scoring or when, or when the Flyers are bad, and he has that like same face, he, he, like he, he doesn't have the same expression. He does not change. It's like he doesn't care. Well, that brings up a good point. So maybe part of it is the coaching. Maybe these players just aren't responding to the coach. Maybe the system he has them working in, they're not responding to. So I think maybe. Let let Giroux be Giroux. Let him be creative. Let him skate around the Golden Mile. Let him skate around in front of the net and see what he can do. Stop telling him to pass to the point where Andrew McDonald is waiting to shoot it into the net. So, did you have anything else well, to say on I mean, on at Giroux? this point, it's not just Andrew McDonald. It's Andrew McDonald. It's Nick Schultz. Andrew McDonald is a human travel cone. <laughs> It's future uh, Las Vegas Golden Knight, Michael Delzato. <laughs> oh, is that where he's going? Oh, I've been saying that for a year. Well, that's Del- Delzato is gone. I'm selling out hard on Delzato going to Las Vegas. Okay, so let's that's talk about that. That's my lock of the I year. Don't think he, yeah, let's talk, let's about talk about that. So, expansion draft. There's been a lot of talk about... Steve Mason... Not even Steve Mason. Let him go. There's been a lot of talk about. Hate him. The Knights are taking. Oh, the Knights are taking Neuver. The Knights are taking Reed. The Knights are taking Delzato. Who do we think is actually going to be taken? It's gonna. It's gonna be Mason, because if, they just expanded Neuver, and Mason. I think he's gone after this season. They're gonna be calling up. I, I think it's gonna be Stolars. So one of the goal. Mason is gone, and I think they're gonna put him in that pot. And the way the expansion drive works is, you know, every team has to put, like, a goalie, I think, a certain number of defensemen, a certain number of forwards. And then Las Vegas, they get the pick from the pot. And so if they don't – even if they don't pick Mason, I still think the Flyers are going to let him walk, and he's going to test the market. He will definitely test the market. He'd be stupid not to. See, I don't think Mason's coming back. No. With the Neuverth move and – the massive amount of prospects we have in the system. We have Stolarz, who needs to be re-signed. He's yeah. having a very good season down in the AHL. We have Alex Lyon, who looks like he could be a guy who could be here in another two and three years. You know, I like I like that Carter Hart, even though he's only like... Oh, yeah. I, I think he's only 18. Exactly. Carter Hart with the Everett Silvertips. He's tearing up the WHL right now. Yeah. He's pretty much their goaltender of the year. 
He was even on Canada's world junior team. Yeah, yeah exactly. He was but the only decent. thing is he's too young. He's not going to play in the NHL yet. Yeah. But I would love the Flyers to call up Stolarz, and then maybe the Phantoms can call up Hart and have him start. Mm -hmm. So which is where the confusion comes in. So they have the Swedish guy though, uh, Lindblom. Oh yeah, right? yeah, they got him in the draft. He's he's still gotta come See, over. That's one thing with the Flyers. No, not Lindblom. Excuse me, Sandstrom. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Felix Sandstrom. Lindblom is the Lin yeah. No, yeah, Lindblom's yeah. the winger, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the winger in the Swedish league. See, the thing about the Flyers is all these goaltender prospects. I think they. I, do, do you think they have too many? Prospects as goalies? I think that they've got a glutton of prospects that maybe one or two could have been moved. Yeah. Because I think they have serious lineup problems that they aren't going to get solved they need anytime soon they, on the forward. They, they need wingers exactly, and yeah. Yeah. So here's the problem going forward with goaltending. If, even if you have Neuberth for two more years, they haven't really shown that they trust Stolarz, even with a backup role. They give him very limited starts, very limited time, so, the idea is that they will be looking to the free agency to get another one. And actually, if I can bring it up for a second, one of uh, someone on Twitter, Dan Silver, said that the ticket represent representatives were calling ticket holders and telling them that Hextall stressed the fact that Neuver's contract allows him to be taken in the expansion draft. Still, even after the expansion? I yeah. Mean, even after the uh, expansion? Yeah. So what they need is be, they have to have a player with term past this season. So that makes him more, I guess, attractive. So there's the possibility that they set something up. They have some kind of deal. Get the fuck out of the street. <laughs> Get off my show. Get out of here, you piece of shit. There is the possibility that they set up a deal for Vegas to take Neuvers. Even with that, the Flyers still have to maybe look to free agency for another goaltender. Collusion. <laughs> Collusion. So what, you're, you're talking about getting rid of Mason and Neuvers? I think they might let them both go and chase someone in free agency. So one name that keeps coming up. Marc-Andre Fleury? <laughs> Scott Darling out oh, of Chicago. Okay, yeah. I like yeah. Scott Darling. I like the underdog story. I like his redemption. And Elliot Friedman says he's ready. I like seems the fact ready. that I can't help but root for him when he yeah, goes exactly. in. Exactly. I don't know what it is, but I'm really like, yeah. anytime Scott Darling's in, even though I hate the goddamn Blackhawks, I'm like, yeah, go Darling. Yeah. I'm like, I hope they lose. I hope they lose two to one. <laughs> or yeah, one exactly. nothing. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like. Freeman said that he seems ready to take the next step to be a starter. So if they roll a pair of Darling and Stolars, I'm cool with that. Yeah. That might be yeah. a decent pairing going forward. Yeah, I well, wouldn't mind that. Nope. Here's something I want to check you guys on. How do you feel about who's the most, who's the prospect that you're most excited for to be coming up? Ooh, ooh. I cannot wait for Sam Moore. There we go. That's what I like to hear. <laughs> I think ne that's why next year, I think Delza, you know, they already got rid of Strike. They're going to get rid of Delzato next. Next year, we're going to have Konechny, Kravrov, it's going to be Gudis, and it's going to be Morin. And then we're going to, I think we're going to get Sanheim, too. I, I think, 
Are you talking about Morin and Gudis as a pair? No, just as defensemen. Who's okay, gonna be yeah. Up. Not as a pair. No, no, no. Just as, like, I think they're going to be our core defensemen next year. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but no, I'm more excited to see Sam Warren. I'm really, really excited. We have a lot of young defensemen prospects that I cannot wait to see, you know, them up here. With, like, you know, with Ghost, too. I mean, I w yeah, it's really exciting, I think. Oh, yeah, definitely. Our, de our defense for the next couple years, I cannot wait to see them gel together. So I am really hyped to see Felipe Myers, Phil Myers, because I want to see if he can go from that, if he can be that underdog story where he can go from undrafted to playing in the NHL. You really think he's going to make the jump? There are a lot of reports that say he's ready, he would be able to make it. So maybe if you play him on the bottom pairing for a while, get him acclimated, so you're, think, think you're thinking three rookie defensemen? Three next year? rookie defensemen. So they're going to roll. Hashtag rebuild. Hashtag <laughs> trust the process. Uh, yeah. Ghost, Gudis, and uh, Provorov will be the, I guess, veterans, if you want to say it. And they're going to pull up Lord three in heaven, rookies. pray for us. It can't be any worse than rolling. Oh, shit. McDonald's still here. The human trafficker. They can't do three. They can't do three rookies because Andrew McDonald will not be pushed off this roster. Yeah. McDonald is in a human, a human travel cone. That's what he is. That's what I, he is. I always forget about him because I'm like, they're going to get rid of everyone bad. It's going to be cool. But he's still fucking here. So, another topic, since we're running low on our segment. Yes. Pierre Edouard Belmont <laughs> getting the A. Do you see He's that the as, oldest guy on the team. Do you see that as He's a good literally move for a the oldest guy on the team. Well, after they it traded Mark Strike. Exactly, yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, does it make sense or does it mean that they are protecting him? It makes sense because he's been everywhere. He's been on Team Europe. He's played professionally in France, in Sweden. I mean, he's the oldest guy on the team. Do you mean make after the subtraction of Strike, it you know, he's a guy who's been the long way. He knows how to make it. He, hard work and dedication. Literally, <laughs> yeah, well, that's, yeah, all, that's exactly. his entire game. That is his whole game. Hard work. Grinding in the corners. But he doesn't produce, he doesn't, I don't know. I exactly. Like, I agree, he does do that. He, he shows hard work, he shows the effort, but he doesn't, I don't know. See, sometimes he does, you can, but I like, don't know, I just... I don't think it makes sense to have him on the team anymore. No, I want him gone. I don't hate him. I like him. I liked him last year. But he doesn't work as a center, and he doesn't work as a third-line shutdown guy. But he's not playing on the third line. Well, he was for a little bit. See, that was when Couturier was hurt, though. I'm, I'm <laughs> and they seem to have this reluctance to let Boyd Gordon play. See, I, Boyd I'm Gordon is dark. Which leads to their moves to getting rid of yeah, Ryan White, which I'm still upset about. I'm a little oh bit upset about God. that, too. Who, what, we got, who did we get? Weiss, right? Yeah, right? we replaced him with Dale, Dale Weiss. Weiss. Oh, my God. Dale Weiss. We don't horrible. even have time horrible. to get into Dale Weiss. <laughs> He's horrible. Let's stick to this fourth line issue because Pierre Eddard Belmar is not a center. If they moved him back to the wing, I maybe brought Scott Lawton up to play that center. No, let's not do that again. 
No. <laughs> no, not Scott Lawton. Is I said this on our brief yes, podcast. On our brief Scott Lawton is a career AHLer. That that is turning out to be more and more true. So who would fit in there? Who would fit into that fourth line center? Because I don't think Vandevelde comes back. Colin McDonald. Colin Mc. That's an interesting one. Because got, I would love to see him. He's on. a guy that got playoff time last year. He scored 23 goals this year for the Phantoms, and he knows his role. He knows how to grind it out. He'll fight. He's 6'2", 220. He's the type of size we need in the lineup. That would be an awesome fourth line. And we are getting a signal. That's all we have time for. Come back. Re-listen to this Flyers bullshit later. <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead. Shit, it's all Claude Giroux some more. <laughs> Look around the league. Look at all the other captains like, you know, Taos or Sedin or Henry Saves. or Crosby. And think about it. Does Giroux even come close to any of them? No, Carrie he's Underwood's not a captain. Husband. Put Wayne Simmons, take away the seat from Giroux and get rid of him. You're Bye-bye. on that. Claude Giroux. <laughs> all right. Thank you, guys. Yep. We're going to get you Corner back to Pub the Sports. regular crowd. At Corner Pub Sports on Twitter. At All right, M. thanks, fellas. Twitter. Got some good fire talks, some good debates going on, huh? Fire Hackstall. Yes, and the consensus was fire Hackstall. Oh, that was a real lively debate, eh? You know? Yeah. How about it, eh? Uh, you know, you got to get pucks in deep, right? You know, you got to work hard. Yes. If you want to win, you know? You got to be a real muck and grinder. Yeah. What do you say, eh? Good job, guys. Yeah, thanks, guys. So uh, we're going to transition over to uh, some NCAA talk. Yes. We haven't had a chance really to talk about it in two weeks. So, uh, you know, I guess we'll start with the you guys, man. Good job. Pat, AJ, and Matt, thank you guys for jumping on and talking some hockey. Uh, As we're getting near the end there. But, yeah, so NCAA. um, There it is. So we got the Nova. Talk about the Nova game. Yeah, so let's start with that. We got about 20 minutes left. We can uh, a little more than that, 25. But yeah, um, Villanova lost last week. The defending champs. Welcome aboard, Number Steve. Number one seed Steve overall. Steve jumping all in, Mike and I. So uh, yeah, talking about that. Um, they, you know what? You find out they're just not as deep. They're just not as deep as they were last year. Um, they they he didn't starts have. The and he pulls out. Um, they missed their Sheffield. They missed the, the um, they missed the inside presence. They didn't have any rim protectors. Wisconsin just seemed to drive at will on them. Well, they had Shefu uh, right last right, year. Right, Shefu, yeah. Which, which, you know, he helped in the inside. But, but the big thing is they didn't have the, the big shots this year. You know, the, Jenkins was Jenkins was off. ice cold. He was right. ice cold. He was and even bad in the uh, Big East tournament. He really didn't have a good tournament. So, you know, even though they won that, he, he struggled there, even even there. Well, Archer and Dakino last year was a huge defensive presence for them last year. Yeah, but you know what? I thought the Brunson was going to be even better. Right. So, you know, you kind of lacked that defensive fire this year. But I thought that Brunson in his second I mean, year was going to be actually yeah. better than Archie Diakono. But I guess the veteran presence, Archie Diakono well, was a four-year I mean, senior. Had a nice, I mean, he had a nice year for them. Right. You know, I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to bash Brunson in, in, to save face for Archie Diakono, but um, and let's, let's be honest, it's not like Archie Diakono is like the end-all, be-all greatest right. player ever, but he did bring a lot of effort that they just didn't seem to, they didn't seem to have that fire this year. 
they still had that nice, well-rounded, well-rounded team play. It's just, but did it not feel like something was lacking? Well, they only had seven guys, too. They only had seven guys in the rotation this year. I think that they were top-heavy. They were better. They're, they were more talented this year from the top down, but they just didn't have the depth, and they didn't right. have the inside presence. Right. And I think that that's really where it came down to. And and, and on a, the, the other thing is, with last year, the tournament's a one game, one, you know, you make a shot, you the bell, the ball, you know, comes out of your hand a little bit better, or you know, you get a bounce, you get a turnover here, the momentum changes here and there. I mean, they, they were just red hot last year. They were the hot hand, and this year they weren't. And that's what that's what makes the tournament so great is it that is. one bounce, that one shot that goes in that makes the difference. And Villanova plays a style a style of basketball to where. They, it's not like they have one star player that's gonna that's gonna take over a game for you, and and you know it, it works in some cases, but when you don't have that guy, you can you can throw the ball to and say, hey man, it's the last three minutes, we're gonna feed you to rock, and you got to take over this game. It, it can hurt you in some ways, you know. Right. They're really they're fun to watch, um, in the way that anybody can score, everybody can can do their part, but if everybody's not on. And, and you can't look to that one guy and say, look, man, you got to do this for us because, because the, rest of us, the rest of us just aren't having a good night. It, it, it really kind of hurts you, you know. You look at some of the teams that are, that are left here, UCLA with, with ball, and, and um, you know, even, even you know, Michigan took the loss last night, but they, right. they kind of had the equalizer and it being a very good three-shooting team to where if they were losing – they, you know, um, they, they could kind of equalize it and keep the game close by that. And it just, it just seemed like not having that star player in, in this year's game kind of hurt, kind of hurt. Nobody. I'm gonna, I'm gonna beg to differ a little bit with you. Josh Hart was their go-to. I mean, he was considered like a player of the year candidate this year. So, I mean, I oh, think absolutely. that they did have the go-to guy, and you, you do notice that he was the one that took the last shot, but he wasn't a at least in this game, he, he definitely wasn't a dominant force the way that other teams have that guy. And again, they're just not a hot they, – they weren't the hot-handed team. They, you know, they needed to have everything break right, and it did. Most years, let's face it, Villanova has been out early a lot of years. Everybody kind of forgets it because they won a championship last year, but this isn't uncommon for them to do this. Oh, no, so. absolutely not. I think uh, – I, eh, you know, the, the star player thing, I kind of get you. They did have Hart, but, but when you look at Hart compared to some of the some of the bigger name stars, some of the top five, you know, guys that are going to go in the draft, top ten guys that go in the draft, he's not really there. So, you know, did he play well? Did he have a great season, especially since, you know, before last season he was a virtual unknown? Yeah, but is he, is he you know, a first-round talent like a lot of these guys are? I don't He's know. not a lottery talent. He's ending yeah. the first round. Let, oh, let, let's talk about that last play, too, because, you know, you, you know Hart, Hart has the ball. He's handling the ball. You have Jenkins wide open in the corner. Jenkins, again, who we just mentioned, has been ice cold this entire tournament. He could have dished it out to him for a wide open three, and he decided to take it inside, and we know what happened. You know, you just couldn't get it done. Not for lack of effort, just couldn't get it done. Made a bad decision. Yeah, and the other, yeah, and they made bad decisions the last five minutes of that game. Yeah. 
Yeah, they were up in that game. I mean, they, they kind of handed that game back. I don't mean there's there's no I'm not pointing fingers. You know, these are kids, but to call that timeout in between the free throws, uh, Jay Wright, Coach Jay Wright, called the timeout instead of holding on to that timeout and using that possibly to get a half court a possession. That hurt them, dude. That right. hurt them big time. And you know, Jay Wright to me has always been a. a a very good coach to just, but he 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 kind of I don't want to say he tarnished the legacy because they look they got a championship and that's tough. Think about how many teams are not only in the tournament, how many teams are in the nation. They were the number one team last year. And there's been a lot of teams like the Gonzagas and Arizonas and things like that that have, have been great for years but never won a championship. Or not never, but at least in the past 10 years, 20 years or whatever. But, they, I mean, but Villanova was that team until last year. Exactly. They were always the team to lose in the second round. Right. One or two seed and lose. And last year they did it. And this year they went back to that same – their, their same ways. You know, they lost in the second round. And it sucks. It you know, I don't think we should take know, anything man, away tough. from – I don't think we should take any away from the – uh, anything no, away from the defense no. on that final play either. That you know that kid made a great strip on that play. Me being a Villanova right. fan, when that when he went up for that, I was screaming foul at the TV, screaming it. And then you go and look at the replay. Kid had all ball. He just made a right. really good defensive play. And, and not only that, but I mean, in the last second, you want to let the guys play. You don't want foul shots to, yeah. to you know change the game. Like that. Yeah, so. I, I think if it would, they call a foul on that play, that's that's a really bad call. The guy, the guy maybe touched his arm after the ball was after the ball was halfway out, of, you know, of his hands at that point. Yeah, that's a bailout. So, I mean, so obviously Nova losing, Duke losing was big. Um, but I went Louisville to Louisville lost. Yeah, I mean, a lot of upset. Arizona, we just mentioned last night. Arizona blew. Yeah, how about Arizona? Eight minute or eight point lead with four. <laughs> Yeah, a couple of people have their brackets bra- busted. Yeah, Mike, yeah. Mike, Mike Diddy uh, lost his, uh, pretty much lost his bracket. Yeah, so eight-point lead with four minutes left to a Xavier team that was one of the last teams in, had went on a six-game losing streak and lost their star point guard in the middle of the year and yep. ended up beating Arizona. Yeah, and Xavier had a lot of uh, a lot of hype coming into the beginning. Of, you know, half even half. You no, know, he dies in Logan. Yes, Xavier dies in Logan. Yeah. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> Uh, but i mean so you got you got them you got arizona you got duke uh how about oregon though oregon's the team that a lot of people thought were going to lose early because they lost their star player but you don't realize that that team is a team they have great players who are filling that void they're filling that hole giggity and, you know, they, they, they really took advantage of uh, matchups and whatever. And, Good defensive and team. Here they are. They're still there. Yeah, you know, they, they struggled from the line yesterday, which kind of which, which hurt them and made that game probably a lot closer than it should have been. Right. Um, but yeah, like I said, with the, with the Michigan, they always have that equalizer because they're a very good three-shooting team. And I didn't really not like um, Oregon as much as I liked Michigan. Yeah, you know, they had a real good story going all the way through their uh, conference tournament after the whole the whole incident with the plane and yeah, plane and yeah. practice jerseys, and that's always a real good feel good story going into the tournament that you like to hear. 
So, you know, maybe it was more like wishful thinking than, than anything. But Well, you know what they, they say that the uh, first two, three rounds are for the Cinderella's and the fun, good, you know, good, fun-loving stories. And then, like, you know, when you get to the Sweet 16, Elite 8, that's when the, uh, that's when the people ball, the cream rises to the top, and it's, uh, you know, it's basically, you know, the best teams really fighting it out for it. And that's what we're going to have. We're going to have the Kansases. We're going to have the North Carolinas. This UCL Kentucky, one of them is going to make it. Well, you know, Xavier and South Carolina might have something to say about that. The way South Carolina looked damn good. They were up 20 when I last checked. Very good. Very big surprise to me. Yeah, how about that? Yeah, so, um, you know, a couple more Cinderella's. Love to see one of them make it. Um, but, you know, we'll see what, uh, what ends up happening. So uh, I, I, wanted to mention, I wanted to mention this. Um, the Northwestern game. That kid crying last weekend. You guys saw that, right? I missed yeah. this. This fucking kid from Northwestern. Did you guys, anybody, you guys see this? The Northwestern kid. Fucking kid was crying his eyes out in the stands. They ended up winning the game anyway. Crying. Oh, uh, yeah, they showed it about 18 times. Oh, my God. The, like, the, yeah. bawling his eyes yeah, out. Yeah, How old is the That's kid? fucking, I don't know, eight, nine years old, little fuck. Yeah. That's bad. That's bad. The little pussy. <laughs> you know, the, 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 the crying. That's bad parenting right there, okay? Let me tell you right now. Oh, my team is Dude, he was throwing a fit in the stands. Throwing an absolute fit. Throwing air punches, freaking out, screaming. And then they don't win in the game anyway, you fucking spoiled asshole. <laughs> you know, the crying kid meme or, or the... You know, they call it, I don't know if you guys have seen it, they do the surrender cobra, or you throw your hands over your head. That's kind of the new, like, honey shot. Where they, Before they used to show, you know, all the real nice-looking women in the stands. Now it's like, let's show to, let's find the, the biggest, you know, right. biggest asshole in the stands, and let's show them 17 times in a row. Just and then, keep going back to them. And then you got it, Greg, it'll make good for Twitter, you know. And then you got Greg, Greg Marshall's wife, uh, the coach of Wichita State, how about uh, this? Yeah, Greg Marshall's wife got thrown out of the game. <laughs> oh, that was a good one. It was after the game. I, I guess think it was, it, no, the it was during was, the game, during Kentucky. Was, she was multiple, escorted out after the game. They thought about throwing her out multiple times during the game. She was warned three times yeah. by security to knock it off. She was standing up in her seat, freaking out. You think so? Mike's dad's thinking it was Coke-related. Coke? Oh, oh. Coke. Coke. Oh. Conspiracy theory. Oh, oh. sounds like a party to me. Sound like a party to me at a Wichita, Kentucky game. That's true. What else is there to do? Oh, this, this story's building. It's got legs. Uh, there's nothing else to do in Wichita but snort coke and yell at the team. So she was freaking out. She was told three times to knock it off, and she eventually got escorted Sean, out. Sean, Sean, wait. Before you're done. Yeah. Did, did they have to did – they, did they shock her? I had a shocker. Which all stays shockers, just in case you didn't know. So, uh, Stayed up all night with, for thinking about that yeah. one. No, actually, it just kind of came. That's good. That's good stuff. Well done, Mike. That's a cheers. That's cheers related. There you go. Congrats. That was good. That was good stuff. All right. Um, yeah, so, like, yeah, there's behavior like that. There's been a lot of the, the, the wives, mothers, kids, you know, acting up lately. And I blame social media for a lot of that. i got to be honest yeah. with you. 
A lot hey, of well, head. look at the cash, cash me outside girl. She's making like ten million dollars uh, over that. Yes. Oh God. <laughs> Would you bang the cash me outside girl? Uh, she's thirteen. No, she's not. Is she? I thought she was like sixteen or something. That's oh. more along the All right, like, in two you more know, years. reasonable. In two uh, more years, did you bang the cash me outside girl? I'm not and answering. We that. just got canceled. All right, so moving on. You know how just you do give that? A- just go down to Mayfair. You'll find one of them. You'll be all right. Yeah, they're not. Just want to give a shout, shout out to uh, Samuel Flippon. Yes. Yes. CPS, uh, our Corner Pop Sports Bracket. He's the uh, leader right now. Dude, he can certainly change, but. Uh, he's blowing it up, dude. 98th percentile right now. 98th percentile in all brackets in the nation. And he's in our own Corner Pop Sports Bracket. He's right there. Very yeah. Nice, yeah. Very nice. 98th percentile, man. He's in the running. Who's this champ? I check it out. I don't know. Uh, right, I'll look it up. I'll look it up. I'll see what he's got. Uh, yeah, it might be see. somebody that's out. He might just be in the 98th percentile because yeah, one well, point basis. Yeah. We'll see. All right, so he's got. Uh, let me see here. Winning it all. Final four. So his final four is Arizona, Kansas, UNC. So he's got them all left. And his championship. No, Arizona's, Arizona's out. I'm sorry, Arizona's out. Um, uh, That's right, pretty so, solid. I'm but sorry. So he has two left. He has Kansas and UNC. Not many people had that. Uh, and he has North Carolina. You know what? He ain't gonna finish. Yeah, he's, he's got North Carolina it. beating Arizona. Okay. Nah. So North Carolina. Yeah, it's a tough one. Uh, yeah, I mean, no, but he's, he's not, not gonna. gonna finish. Yeah, I mean, he might still win this bracket, but yeah. he might not be in the top. Yeah, exactly. I wouldn't say you're gonna finish. You know, it's so hard with those. All right, so we up. take that back, Sam. Uh, no, suck. he's still in the lead. No, fuck it, we take it back. All right, sorry, Sam. Yeah, there, it's so hard. There's a, there was a, I think I looked it up. There was like 11 million bra- finished brackets that came out this year. So when you do that, there's people that are, they probably had a 16 seed going to the championship. They just, there's so many different options. Well, sure. You know. Sam? You're a crumb creep. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Congratulations. Uh, God, you're such a hater just because you're out of it. Yeah, I'm, like, I'm like the second to last place right now yeah. in that bracket. Yeah, it's so, pretty awful. So I, I figured this would be a good debate. Um, let's move on to the NBA real quick. All right. This is a hot topic. Oh, we got a hot take? Hot take. Hot take. Uh, so this week, the Cleveland Cavaliers sat Kyrie Irving, Kevin Love, and LeBron James all in the same game. In a nationally televised game. National yeah. televised game, and yeah, it started this like big controversy, man. Is where Adam Silver actually came down and said teams will be penalized, will be fined for arresting players in that probably in that situation where you're arresting all your. I, I think without um, adequate notice was how he put it. You know, you got to give us a decent amount of time to, you know, to at to least schedule games right. and do that yeah. type of thing. Now, yeah. I mean, national televised game, dude. That's messed up. Yeah, it's it's tough for me to. to like, LeBron, when was the last time LeBron wasn't in the NBA championship? It's, I think he's made, what, seven straight, six straight? Yeah. yeah. So like that. this dude's played 82 games plus 25 for – if That's anybody fine. gets a chance to sit – my problem – How many championships did Bill Russell have? <laughs> seven. Twelve. Was it 12? Did he have 12? Well, I believe he had – A little bit of a different time, but I understand. I agree. 
That's the other side of the argument. The, the ultimate thing is that you're playing, you're playing for the fans, and that's supposed to be your main concern, putting on a good show for them, winning a championship, yes, but putting on a good show for the people to come and pay your checks. 11, I'm sorry. He had 11. Okay. You know what? The, the thing is, though, why do you need to sit all three of them at one time? Why Bullshit. can't you sit LeBron and play Kyrie and then sit Kyrie and play LeBron? Bullshit. It's absolute bullshit. This is my take on it. It's a quick one. I didn't know uh, who started this. It was Pop. Oh, yeah. yeah Pop Popovich started this. One. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. This is what's, what started this is the lack of um, uh, competitiveness there is in the NBA now. You know what? Maybe they didn't do it back then because if you sat, if you sat a guy, maybe that put you, you back in the standings a couple games because you lost that game. Now there's no competitiveness between, especially in the East. The West is a little bit different, but especially in the East, you know, it doesn't matter. These guys could sit five games in a row and that team's still going to get you know, first or second place by ten games. So I blame, I don't blame the coaches, I don't blame the players. I blame the NBA for putting out a shit product. It, it's part of it. It's part of it's it. a major you know part the other of thing, it. The other thing is, is that after every game, the handshakes, the prayers, the st- like the guys that used to play Used to like ball out and used to like, you know, for that day, they might be friends afterwards, but they used to like hate each other on the court. Anybody that sat out for whatever reason 15, 20 years ago would never hear the end of it. Oh, no, nope. yet. Never. Yeah, there's Michael a lot Jordan, more pride Charles Barkley, th- those guys would have Dude, never heard the end of it. Speaking of Barkley, you hear what he said about uh, Skip Bayless today or last night? No. You guys didn't hear about this? No. He said, if I'm dying, I want to be locked in a room with Skip Bayless so I can beat the shit out of him. <laughs> that's <laughs> awesome. I'm, I'm kind of paraphrasing, but right. that's basically what he said. I want, to be, I want to be in a room with Skip Bayless so I can beat the living hell out of him. Charles Barkley's like, I got one fight left Actually, in me, and it's going to be Skip Bayless. <laughs> I'll give you the actual quote because it's even better. I like the one with the uh, the commercial with the snack the snack troll. It's even better. But he's got his hoodie on backwards. Oh, yeah. <laughs> One thing you could say yeah, about Barkley, he was never afraid to it. make fun of himself. No, he's, uh, Charles Barkley's uh, he's a character. Yeah. He's, he's, he's one of my favorites. Yeah. I love Charles. You know, he basically said that his dying wish is to kill Skip Bayless. <laughs> he said, oh, you, can, he said you, make it a, you can make it a pay-per-view. <laughs> <laughs> they'll open yeah. up for McGregor. They'll open up for McGregor Mayweather. Just another... They have yeah, to make a go. celebrity death match. Let's just another get it back. reason. Just yeah. another. <laughs> just another reason why we love Charles Barkley so much in this yeah. town because we all want to fucking kill Skip Bayless. And the yeah, funny thing right. is, is that like usually, 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 Skip Bayless is a Cowboys fan. That's yeah, enough. That, that doesn't help either. No, but but the funny thing is, is usually you pay for like you know those death matches to see like you know who's gonna. Well, death. not death matches, but the boxing matches. To see, Bayless. to see who's like you know gonna win. This one's like, I just want to see Skip Bayless die. It, it, it's not a matter of we know Charles is gonna beat the hell out of him. I just want to see. I just want to see it happen. Yeah, that's what I want to pay for. Ultimately, that's the state of sports journalism these days. If, if, if you don't awful. read the paper, if you read the paper, you, you might get a, a decent view of things. If you watch the Talking Heads on ESPN, it's just awful. You throw him and uh, Stephen A. Smith in the same room together. Who would you rather kill, 
Skip Bayless or Stephen A? Uh, Screaming A. Uh, I, I think I'd probably go with Screaming A. Really? I would go with Skip yeah. Bayless. I mean, Bayless. even though we really like Philly. Really? You go with Stephen A? I go with Skip Bayless, man. I know what Skip Bayless is. He'll stop talking at some point. Does he? Dude, Stephen A never shuts the fuck up. Nah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't really. Oh, I try not to pay attention. You know what? The only one that likes Stephen A's too. No, I agree with you, Pat. I'd rather, like, I'd rather I'd rather like kill him. Skip Bayless. I don't love Stephen A. I hate at least Stephen A. kind of keeps he kind of keeps but it I real a little bit. Yeah. Shana Sharp or no uh, Stephen uh, A. is uh, uh, what the hell is his other? No 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 that's Skip Bayless. No, no that's Skip Bayless is Shana Sharp. Yeah. Max 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 Kellerman's yeah yeah he's pretty good yeah. So speaking of that and speaking of meddling you know. People, since we were talking about the life, how about a uh, Lavar Ball dad? Oh God! Getting into a screaming That's match LeVar with Stephen. Lavar Ball is the dad. Lonzo Ball is the player. Right. Yeah. Lavar Ball. Yes. Okay. So, like, if anybody needs a muzzle, like this, what is this guy doing? Dude, all he's doing is hurting his kids' draft stock. He's, he's he's all about himself. He's just promoting himself and promoting his brand. He's got two more kids to he's coming like, down to play. He's like the overactive hockey dad. Yeah. yeah. He does. He yeah. absolutely does, Rob. He beats he beats Lindros's dad to a pulp. Yeah, with, with the there's just the outspokenness, arrogance. Yeah. Oh my God, dude. that's He's, another another thing about the sad state of sports journal, journalism. They don't have anything better to do than put this guy on TV, and then they'll come out and have their anchors say, "Oh, we shouldn't be putting this guy on TV." <laughs> you know, that's uh, and then he goes on the ESPN. Yeah, well, yeah. Speak, oh, but but tomorrow's guest is Lavar Ball. Yeah. And again with the Charles Barkley because Barkley was talking about him too, and he's like. Because he said he could beat him a one on one, he goes, man. Charles was like, Charles was like, man, he averaged two points a game. <laughs> That's two more points That's than a dead man, I think he said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but all right, so I wanted to bring this up because I thought there was. We can skip that. Uh, the the 76ers reportedly tried to get Paul George at yeah. the trade deadline. Yeah. Oh, was well, this Devin? Well, what did they say they offered for that? Holy shit, Devin Booker tonight. 70 points? Devin Booker of the Phoenix Suns scored 70 points tonight. Wow. Against wow. the Boston Celtics. Wasn't and they lost. The Celtics. And they lost. Ouch. Wow, 70.6 assists. He didn't even get a triple-double with 70 points. Well, how would he get How would he get? How would he get points? A, how would he get a triple-double? Like, yeah, what, what else is he going to do? He's not getting any assists. That's for sure. Yeah, he ain't passing. <laughs> Oh my God! 130 to 120, Boston beat Phoenix, so they lost, and the guy scored 70 points. Was Devin Booker the one from Wisconsin? Oh, was that? Booker? No, that's Brooklyn Decker. Oh, Booker! Yeah, no, you're thinking of Devin Booker. Devin Booker's who just scored. Yeah, it's yeah, not Booker yeah, Decker. Yeah, yeah, What's yeah. your name? Eric. Eric Decker. Brooklyn what the, what the Decker. Fuck is Brooklyn Eric Decker's Decker. a model, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, she scored 70. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Eric Decker's um, a wide receiver. God damn it! What the hell's Decker's name? The one that played for Wisconsin. He's on Houston now. Uh, I don't know, Devin. I don't know. All right. Close. All right. Anyway. Thanks for so, pointing out when I'm wrong. So but the not Sixers. The Sixers reportedly offered two first-round picks, Robert Covington, and next year's second-round pick. And Co- I heard that they offered like one of the pick of the centers between Noel and. Yeah, oh, and yeah, Okafor. Yeah. It was Okafor. Yeah. Well, I think they gave him a pick of either one. Okay. For Whatever. Paul George. And they said no. I think that's crazy. I think they. that's a stone 
on on a Pacers side, right? Yeah, I think that yeah. they. I and think George they, isn't signed for that long, is he? Isn't he like what's no. he? One yeah, more not, year or something? Yeah, one more year. Yeah, I don't know. I yeah, I don't know how you pass that up. Yeah, I I, I think that they especially they with have the state of the, the Sixers' first round picks. I right. mean, you're not talking uh, you're not talking a twentieth pick here. Ron, if you can now, hear me, my understanding. Ron, was, if you can hear me, I'll take another beer. <laughs> yeah, no. What I understand is that they weren't willing to give up their pick. It was like some other pick and then the Sacramento pick, which is going to be a top pick early. Right, okay. But still, you know, it was, it was two good picks. It's, yeah, I, you know, I don't know if I would have been mad for, at the Sixers for making that deal. No, I wouldn't have. No, you know, you got to have somebody to, to anchor this lineup of young players that apparently can't stay on the that, court. You know? There's your veteran who can shoot. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? I, mean, I still wouldn't have done it if I'm the Sixers. You wouldn't have done it? No. Two not. first rounders, a second I mean, Covington, and Okafor for Paul George, point, though, and he turned it dra- down. How many draft kit picks can we continue to keep on you this did. team? You did. I, it allows you to continue to shuffle the deck. It gives you more assets to use at other times. Uh, fucking I'm, I'm assets. Okay I'm that. tired of that word. Yeah, I do. Thanks, I am Pat. getting a little tired of the assets thing, Thank too. You. you know, it's – but it's – I, I agree with you that it, it's a steep price, but at the same time, if we're going to still bank on Embiid and we're still going to bank on Simmons and we're still going to bank on Sarek, how many of these number one guys are actually going to hit the floor for this team? Yeah. Well, Sarek, I don't know. I mean, don't know. And Bob Cooney, and he still may feel this way. I mean, I'm, I'm really interested in hearing about it. But Bob Cooney said that he still feels that Sarek's a guy, like the sixth man of the year type candidate. Yes. But now... Now that he's starting, I mean, if that's, that's the, the worst, start. if that's oh, by the, the way, worst scenario. I just, I just want to say this. On a good team. Here, here at Naked Brewing, make sure you take care of Sean, a bartender tonight. He's done yes, a great job you, tonight. Thank you, Sean. Hey. Took good care of us. Take care of her. Very good yes. care of us. Yeah. Oh, well, uh, we got three growlers. Well, we, we do? All right, we have three growlers if you guys want some I don't know how I'm going to announce that. Yeah, you have the growlers. You, right. you get so. the growler. You don't get the beer. <laughs> yeah. Miller, you were talking about it earlier. There you go. Yeah. All right. There you go. We'll get you. We'll get you. We'll get you. Um, so, I mean, I don't know. So you wouldn't have done that? I wouldn't have done it. Steve? I I think I would have done it for what we said earlier. I mean, at some point, you got to get a veteran on this team that – um, is, you know, maybe, uh, I don't know how much he's going to be, what skills he's going to be able to depart with these guys, but he's going to teach them the way that basketball works in the NBA. And, and and bef- none uh, of these guys have more than a half a year experience. Right. None of them. And you know, what we consider our stars. I don't want to change subjects, but we're up against it, but I do want to bring this up real quick because this is a kind of a, a thing that's going on right now. Richard Sherman, Richard Sherman has been um, announced as being on the trading block if you're the Eagles, I mean, the, you know, for let's say second round does it, do you trade a second round? You know what? Do you trade a second rounder for it, right? Yes? Okay. Easy, $14 right? million. Dollars. Do you trade your number 14 pick for Richard Sherman? No? Okay. You say yeah, no? I'm, I'm saying no. A 28-year-old cornerback who can shut down for at least four years, right? You guys say yes? He's, he's locked Johnson down for no. how long? Yeah, I say. So I think it's a mixed bag, he's, man. He's 14. It's it's. Say, say you get say say you get Richard Sherman and a fourth rounder back. 
I, I would do it. I don't think this team's in win-now mode yet. So I would do it if, you know, I thought that this year or next year we were going to be a Super Bowl contender. I don't think that's the case. So, it's a tough call know, because, really I mean, it's, it's not just that you're trading for him. You're trading for his contract. He's, making, well, he's yeah. already yeah. making. It's not like he's on a rookie-scale deal. Yeah, if they if, if all they want is a second or coin, third man. round, uh, you know, a second-round pick, then, then it, you're obviously trading for the money to get their money off the books. Right. And, you know, like I said, are we going to compete for a Super Bowl this season? Are we well, gonna no, but it's Super not Bowl about this year. You're getting a guy because you're still drafting a you're still drafting a corner no matter what. Yeah, sure. So you're still drafting a corner. You got a guy who has been in the big games, who has that experience, who can teach the young guys, Jalen Mills, and the younger guys who are coming in, how to play the position, you know, and and be effective against guys like Beckham, against guys like Des Bryant. Do you think Des Bryant and Beckham want to face him? You know what I mean? And, yeah. and, and in this case, Terrell Pryor. Like, they don't want to face him. That's a fact. You know, they don't want to face Sherman twice a year. That's a pain in the ass. I would now, take is, him. Is Sherman now, a, I don't, now, I don't know, he, man. I don't he, know if like, I traded 14 for him, though. I mean, but that's is, is he a product of the system? I don't think he is. I think Sherman is a good cornerback. Although we did say the same thing about Byron Maxwell, right? Right. Although, yeah, no, you were all about Byron Maxwell. No, no, no. But you know what? That wasn't true. Because when they did sign See, Byron Maxwell, you did hear often – was Byron Maxwell the product of the system because he's on the other side of Richard Sherman? You heard right. that a lot. Well, you're not hearing about Richard Sherman. You're not hearing Richard Sherman's a product of the Seahawks because of Richard Sherman. No, you're not. But he's also 28, so he's on the decline a little he's bit. He's got I four, don't th- four probably good years left. Well, one, right. one thing that, Maybe. One thing you like can't us. overlook. Once we got past 31, we're done, <laughs> right? Oh, yeah. That was the end of that. One thing you can't overlook Never is drink the, beers oppor- you fucking losers. the opportunity to sit these young kids that basically you're going to almost have to start from day one, whoever you draft. Maybe not day one, but you're going to have to start them sooner rather than later. The opportunity to sit these kids down and say, look, you go watch this real ball player play, and then, and then maybe you'll get your shot if we think you're ready. I think, I think that can't be underscored. Ron, no. Ron, you come over. We got to close out the show. And uh, we got to close it out. All right, thanks, Steve, for joining in. Thank you, Steve. Thanks, Thanks, man. So everybody here tonight, thank you guys here at Naked Brewing tonight. Thank you guys so much for having us. Sorry, guys, trying to sell growlers. There you go. Ron, thanks thanks for joining us again. (laughs) So we want to close. I want to close out tonight. Can you guys can you guys sing Happy Birthday to us, please? So Happy Birthday, Corner Pub Sports. All right. One, two, three. Happy birthday to us. Happy birthday to us. Happy birthday, dear Corner Pop Sports. Happy birthday to us. Well, let's not start sucking each other's dicks quite yet. <laughs> I called that it. Thank you guys so much for having us tonight. Thank you guys to everyone that's listening live on Wi-Fi Radio and CornerPuzzSports.com. And, of course, everyone that downloads us on iTunes. Thank you guys so much. We love you guys. Um, as always, you know, you, you can catch us on Friday nights live. And, uh, you know, you know how we do it. We talk sports, talk beer, and all that fun stuff. Uh, Joe, congrats. Uh, did he leave? Congratulations on winning the Ceramic Phillies 
piggyback thingy. Yes. <laughs> cookie jar. Huh? Was it a cookie jar? Oh, the cookie jar. What did I say? You said ceramic thingy. Ceramic thingy, yeah. yeah. Mike Diddy, thanks Thank for joining back. us. Yeah, AJ. What the hell is the technical term? Pat. Yes, Matt, thank you guys for joining us. Mike's birthday is Sunday. Oh. This one's for Mike. Once again! <laughs> oh, wait for it. Everybody say happy birthday to Mike. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Mikey. Happy birthday to you. That's you. Thank you guys so much. Stay tuned for Bar Talk with Glenn McNeil, Joe Six Pack. We will see you guys next Friday night. Ready? Friday.